Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, Kate Things. We're back, man. Episode 181. Yes, sir. All right, let's get right into it. But before we do, actually, I want to shout out the, some of the, a lot of the listeners. We got a lot of people driving the numbers up big time, man. So before we get into the podcast, we want to shout out some cities that we've caught on here. You guys showing us some love, so we want to show it back and let you know that we, we see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Irving. I believe Irving is in Texas. So shout out to Irving, uh, Seattle, showing us some love. Obviously, our city, Bakersfield, Harlan, Antelope, Cleveland, Arlington, Texas, Dallas, Stockton, Reno, Bronx. Uh, you got, well, this is in uh, Lithuania. Got some more listeners out of there. Getting some more international people popping up. Shout out to you guys. Yeah. Sacramento, Chula Vista, Van Nuys, Sunland, uh, Clinton Township. Never heard of it, but thank you for tuning in. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Denver, Houston, Los Angeles, Albuquerque, San Diego, Brooklyn, Delano. Shout out to Delano, California. Lived there for seven years. Uh, Austin, Texas, Guilford, Barlett, Miami, Hattiesburg, Mesquite, Ashburn, Pacoima, Brownsburg, El Cajon. Shit. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, North Bergen, Bellflower, uh, Madison Heights, Bremerton, Middletown, Richardson, Ochiletta, Sweetsboro. Kansas City, Chicago, South Bend, Indiana, and Pine Mountain Club. So you got a bunch of people. This shit is starting to spread. People are really getting, you know, they're really spreading. We've been spreading the gospel for quite some time, Keith. (laughs) And now people are starting to catch up. There you go. So shout out to the people. Thank you. By the way, don't be afraid to like, comment, and share. But let's be clear. Do not comment, share, or do anything if it's not on your heart to do it. And only... Like, share, comment if we've earned that. If we, if you feel we have not earned it, do not share, comment, or anything. Yeah. We leave that up in your hands. We don't want to solicit the podcast. We just want you to have fun and listen to listen to the content. Or so, if you want to dislike it, yeah. If you want to, yeah. If you want to dislike it and be like, uh, you guys are black, then that's fine, <laughs> right? Go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Either way, we appreciate you for tuning in. Yeah, and let's get going with the show. Um. In the last week, Kanye West and Drake have dropped albums. So we'll start with initially with Donda, which is Kanye's album. I feel like Donda, uh, Donda, 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 Donda. That's how it starts. <laughs> Some people probably tuned out after that. Oh, this is too weird, man. It's mental illness. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> Somebody, no. some people did say after the first three songs, I, I couldn't listen to it no more. So yeah. the first song is just Donda, Donda. Over yeah, over. it's a chant of his mother's name. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, Donda, this is what I will say about it. Um, Donda, I don't like to judge things early. I think the biggest problem with us as a society is the way we evaluate things. We don't allow things to to sit on our soul for a while. Like the way we we evaluate music is too fast. Mm-hmm. It's like we're looking for this instant, like instant gratification. If it doesn't like make us feel like, oh, then we say, oh, that was trash. And it's like, you don't know if an album's trash when you only listen to it for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But that's what we do. I've seen people when the album just came out after midnight, there were people already tweeting about, oh, this is a classic or all oh, this is trash. It's yeah. like, dude, hey, I think Keith gave the best comparison. He said that listening to music is almost like, um, leftovers how a lot of times you eat leftovers and they taste better the second day mm-hmm. instead of the first day mm-hmm. and that's the same way with music is like or, you, or how uh fast food doesn't taste good 
basically I was saying like if it's good music and it's innovative and you know you're doing something different that we're not like sonically used to right um it takes a while to like a, like appreciate it like, right. you know you could be sifting through an album and like for Kanye West's album I would sift through it a, a little bit and then maybe a song you skipped over actually turns out to be your favorite song right like, months from now right um, but if it's like fast food equating fast food to kind of some of the the artists that get the tight beats off of YouTube or, you know, those, those artists that are has a poor really shelf doing. life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So fast food doesn't taste better the second day. The fries yeah. are stale. The hamburger tastes terrible. So. Yeah. Because, you know, over 10 years later, nobody's listening to Gorilla Zoe. <laughs> Gorilla Zoe. <laughs> I like your glasses, by the way, man. Oh, thank you. It's very 1990 Spike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got the director hat on. I'm a Steven Spielberg. Make me a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Kanye got some slappers on this album, but I, I also I also think that people have a different taste in music, and that also influences their opinions of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people have an invalid opinion based on what they like, and they're trying to judge something that they don't. Okay, here's an example. I feel like some music is like wine or champagne or vino, you know, yeah. like you know, more of an elegant upscale type alcohol or drink. Yeah, and then other music is like beer. You know, and then there's other music that's like malt liquor. Like <laughs> malt liquor to me is like Gucci Mane. Malt liquor is probably like Takashi Six Nine. Malt liquor is Takashi Six Nine, yeah. Gucci Mane, those guys. Mm-hmm. Beer is like the baby. Um, you know, other other guys like that. I say like, I feel like like a guy like Lil Baby. Lil Baby is dope. I don't want to say that he's beer, but I will say he's like uh, Stella Artois. <laughs> you know, he he's beer, but he's upscale beer. <laughs> Right, and you got the Jay Z, J Cole, Kendrick. They're like wine, mm-hmm. like vino, you know, because they they they're 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 gonna la- they're gonna they're gonna stand the test of time with the type of music yeah. they make. Yeah. So like, if you're a person that's listening to malt liquor, you really shouldn't have an opinion about wine, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Jay Z still he fifty plus years old. Right. He still raps really good. Right. Yeah. But I think the person that kind of bl- just this mic, this mug is slouching. Oh yeah, it's, it's slouching, man. It's slouching like somebody uh, still getting unemployment checks from the government. <laughs> that shit is loud too. Yeah, that's what I was trying to. Oh my goodness, our listeners heard that. Yeah, I'll adjust it in a little thing. Oh no, that sorry guys, that doesn't sound consensual. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. All right, we should all right, everybody, give it up for Keith, man. He finally got his shit together. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think the person that br- that kind of blows up my opinion in that regard would be E-40. Yeah. E-40, I don't even know where to classify his music. He's just an OG. He's just an OG, but it's yeah. like, I can't, you can't categorize it. Mm-hmm. You can't call it wine. You can't call it beer. You can't call it malt liquor. I don't know what the you would classify. Yeah I, yeah, I guess, but it's mm-hmm. like... If if it was to be classified as a drink, what would it be? I mean, he got his own drinks. That's what I was saying. It's Slorke, man. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga got wines and uh, beers, and yeah, he getting his he getting his money. Out yeah, Snoop Dogg but, Snoop Dogg's got a liquor too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got I, he got a a liquor, and he got a uh, I think he got his own wine also. Yeah, I think E Forty has his own water too, though. I didn't know that. I could be wrong, but I think it's called 40 water. Yeah. If he don't, he tripping. And then every time you open it, it'd be like, ooh. <laughs> every time you open the cap, ooh. 
Stop opening that cap in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making all that goddamn noise with the water. It'd be so many like creative ideas you could do. Like if if E Forty was selling water, he could just play on the Kool Aid commercials. Yeah, like, you know, every time somebody getting ready to drink some Kool Aid or whatever, mm-hmm. the dude just bust through the door. Oh, the Kool Aid man. Yeah, but E Forty could bust through the door like, ooh, <laughs> you drinking that water, man? <laughs> E40 will bust right through this brick wall Boom, bust through the brick wall Ooh, what y'all drinking on, man? Y'all better be drinking on some 40 water, man I can sell penis to an elephant I can sell water to a well Ooh. I can sell a prostitute back to herself Oh, man, that's crazy Sheesh. Yeah, but uh, Kanye's album, man, he got some slappers in there. Some of my favorite are Heaven and Hell is dope. Um, uh, Praise God is dope. Hurricane is dope. Um, The Moon to me, I like it. But you have to have like, you have to have a, like a multifaceted musical palette to appreciate it. Yeah. Like when Childish Gambino switched his style up and went from rapping to coming out with Awaken My Love was the name of the album, right? Yeah. When he came out with Awaken My Love, he lost a lot of fans, but he retained a lot of fans because they they subscribed to Childish Gambino as a human being mm-hmm. and they enjoyed it and it grows on you. See, yeah. like like especially when uh, 808s and Heartbreak came out, I fucking love that album. It's one of my favorite albums Kanye ever made. But there was a lot of people that say, "Oh, that shit trash." Mm-hmm. That shit is trash. I loved it. Mm-hmm. RoboCop was one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Welcome to Heartbreak was one of my favorite songs. Like I loved it, but you have to have this musical palette, like multifaceted musical palette to listen <clears throat> to that and, and and appreciate it. Yeah. If you don't appreciate it, you're going to say it's trash. Yeah. I think uh, one of my sneaky favorite songs is uh, Remote Control. But, uh, yeah, it is like I real catchy. Remote control. Yeah, that shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was playing. I remember the first time I uh, I heard that one. I was like, "Yo, this got like a." It just like sounds good. Yeah, you know so I played it back a few times. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you're right. To to that point, um, I was telling you this on the phone. Like I mm-hmm. uh, prior to. Oh, when I was in college, I took this jazz appreciation class. And I remember, like, when I was a kid, um, I, I was having this conversation with my grandma. And uh, I was like, ah, jazz music, it just it just don't really do it for me. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't care for it. And this is me young. I might have been um, 18, 19 years old or something like that. And um, so that, that was just me kind of like, you know, just saying how I felt. And fast forward to, you know, I'm, I'm in college and I'm, I'm just looking for different classes to take. So I just throw a jazz appreciation class on there just to fill up my my, my credits or whatever. And uh, I'm in there learning about jazz, learning about the origins, how it came from Africa and, you know, the kinka rhythms and how, you know, it, it came to the, you know, southern states as far as New Orleans and all right. that. And then, it, you know, moved to, to uh, you know, clubs in, in Chicago and Miles Davis and and all these different jazz musicians and stuff like that. And I'm listening to it and I'm consuming it. And I'm not only listening to it um, frequently, I'm also learning about what they're doing, how they're like essentially freestyling with instruments and and all these different things and how they're, you know, being pretty, pretty innovative as as far as different scales and chords and all these different things. And then my palate just shifted to where like I can actually you know, I actually have, 
jazz songs. Like if I'm sitting down writing a screenplay or something like that, I'll throw in a Miles Davis uh, like a playlist with with his songs on there, or you know, just different jazz jazz songs just to kind of get me in the mood and you know, be a, a soundtrack. To, to, to what I'm writing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took me to take that class to really and also, it. yeah. And also listening to it more frequently and understanding what, what things are, where things are coming from to, to really appreciate it. But people don't do that with, with content and, and music. No, now. they don't. So, you know, instantly when they hear Kanye West or instantly when they hear Drake or instantly when they hear J. Cole or Kendrick, they're like, Oh, this is trash. And then they go back to listening to whatever, you know, popular like real rapper, rapper um, right. is out there, and it's just like <clears throat> y'all not y'all not really growing y'all palate or no. even sitting down and consuming the music enough, and that, that's part of the reason like why a lot of those guys that I just spoke about ha- spoke about have crossover appeal because they're doing things that are sometimes unconventional. They're you know actually taking their time with the music they're trying to do different things that are, you know, innovative in a sense. And, you know, it takes, not to say that, like, I think sometimes us as as, as a black community, we kind of get, we kind of put ourselves in a box right. to where, like, you know, white people, they can listen to country, they can listen to Taylor Swift, but also Kendrick Lamar can be their favorite rapper. Or they can listen to Olivia Rodrigo. People don't really consider her, like, country anymore. She's, like, pop. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm like, probably, not, like, Luke Combs or something like that. I'm not talking about the genre. I'm Stop just saying arguing with me, Keith. I'm just saying it's not hip-hop. <laughs> Trying to get technical over here. But Taylor Swift, um, you know, there's some people that listen to Taylor Swift that listen to... Olivia Rodrigo, they listen to The Weeknd, they listen Aldean. to Drake, Jason Aldean. They also listen to, um, I don't know what like really punk rock bands are out now, but you know they'll just listen to so many different genres right. and they can appreciate them all. But sometimes us as like a black community, we kind of like, if it ain't gangster rap, if it ain't Lil Baby, if it ain't Lil right. Dirk, all these people, it's like, we don't even want to hear it, we don't even want to entertain it. It, d- it just doesn't sound good to, us, good to us. But I think that's like one of the things like, like I was saying, why those people have certain crossover appeal. It's not because they're catering to white people or whatever. It's just that sometimes in like other communities, they're they're like they have a a, a broader palette than right. we do. So right, I, this is another this is another conversation. Like when people give Post Malone shit for you know making a form of hip hop and then also having like a little bit of rock elements to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, I think it's a cool. That's why I like Post Malone. But I can appreciate his rock album, like his rock or elements of rock songs that he makes and his hip hop. I like all of it. Yeah. I could appreciate it because I, I my palate is very it's very open to new stuff. Yeah. Um but yeah. Um what I will say about the Kanye album though is I'm still evaluating it. I, I would say so far I say it's a decent out al- it's exactly what I expected from Kanye. Mm-hmm. Even though I really went into it without expectations. That's one of the biggest problems we have though. Is when you put your expectations on things and it doesn't align, then it automatically is considered that that it failed or that it's trash. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. I think with this, though, people need to understand, you think that you're getting the college dropout album. Because we like to freeze artists at a certain time mm-hmm. and then say, well, it wasn't college dropout. Look, you have to understand that artists evolve with their music. Mm-hmm. So Kanye West, he lost his mother. Um, he has mental illness now. Um, he's recently divorced. Like, there's so many changes in an artist's life, and usually the the elements of the sound and production and how, what the the lyrically how he is, all those things tend to change. 
And I think in order to appreciate an artist, you have to be able to evolve with the artist. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just expecting somebody that, you know, the Kanye from, you know, when he was 24, then go back and listen to that album because you're not going to get that. Mm -hmm. I think that his uh, his objective with this album was to, um, you know, uh, was to basically dedicate this album to his mother Mm -hmm. and to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. because there's there's a whole bunch of no cursing in the album. Yeah, like it's all bleeped out. out. All the, they cut out all the cursing. So not even like an explicit and a clean version. Just yeah, straight. It's just straight one version. So his objective was to <laughs> dedicate the album to his mother and his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So for people to say, this shit trash, this shit is trash, get this out of here. It's like you're going into it with the wrong like thought process, man. I also hate that take that, I mean, I don't want to listen to no gospel album. This is, this is the same man that made Jesus Walks. Right, and you loved it. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> That's the dopest song, man. <laughs> I, I just hate that take. I hate that take, too, because it, it sounds like y'all some real like devil worshipers out here. Yeah, like, we need more Satan in here. I'm like... <laughs> we need more Satan on this album. It is not enough that devil. That sounds crazy. We need more devil worshiping in the music, That's, man. <laughs> That's what they're saying. There was literally nobody sacrificed on this album. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> People wild, bro. People we need more crazy. pitchforks on this album. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Six, 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 six. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's Drake's album. <laughs> six, 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 six. I think Drake is playing on that. Mm-hmm. I think Drake knows what the world says about like people sacrificing themselves, and yeah, he calls where he lives the six. I don't know what the story is behind that, but yeah. when 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 he plays that. That little that pull that little what do you call that little drop or that little plug he puts it six 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 and be like see I told you he was Illuminati I told you he was Illuminati yeah yeah but yeah that that's my take on Kanye's album it's it's decent and it's growing on me and it's getting better you want to know how you can evaluate an album properly is listen to it keep listening and stop listening to it for probably a week or two probably two weeks then go back to it and then all of a sudden it's almost like you have this fresh um, introduction to this music. Yeah, I do this on purpose with Nipsey. I was telling Keith recently, like I purposely don't listen to any Nipsey's music for three or four months, or sometimes two, three, whatever months, and I go back to it. I'm just like, oh man, this is so dope. Mm-hmm. And I listen to Victory Lap from beginning to end. I'm just like, man, this is so dope. And I get to relive the artist. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like it's kind of like a, a fragment in time that I get to relive cuz I remember how I felt <clears throat> when I first listened to Nipsey's, you know, Victory Lap and I was like, man, I was just like I was at work obviously, but I was in the truck, I was just driving, I was like, what the fuck is this? Nipsey stepped this production, every this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I was just kind of like froze. I didn't call nobody, I didn't accept no text, nothing. I was just listening to the album. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, man, it, it was it was really dope, but in regards to sometimes I it's a, sometimes I wish that I could uh, go back and hear an amazing song for the first time again. Right. Because sometimes, like I'll hear uh, I hear certain things, and obviously, songs like we said, songs can grow on you. Yes. But some songs out the off the rip is just great, and you just yes. like that that feeling that you get when you hear an amazing song or amazing piece of art for the first time. It just sticks. It's in nothing there. like it. No, yeah. it's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. There's certain things you don't experience twice, and it's better that you don't. This is mm-hmm. the problem. This is why me and Keith kind of have a problem with a bunch of sequels, mm-hmm. like The Fast Nine and all this. Like there are some movies that simply need to stop. Mm-hmm. That like I feel like. Like um uh um uh what's the movie with Eddie Murphy that you came out with recently the sequel oh um 
Coming to America. Coming to America. This should have never been a sequel. Yeah, it does. It, doesn't need a sequel. The, it, it did a disservice to the original. And, and I was trying my best not to compare it to the original at all. But the way that they like turned this new story, it just wasn't sufficient. Yeah, it's not. It's not the I, it, it just me. I, I, it wasn't a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It was not a bad movie. But to make a sequel to that, just no. I yeah. don't think so. Nobody's gonna remember that sequel. By the way. Yeah, that's that's here today, going tomorrow. There was another movie they made a sequel to that they did not need to do it. I can't remember what it was. It was recently. It was two movies they did it. It was it was it was that and it was another one. I can't remember. But it just wasn't that great. Like mm-hmm. movies like Boys in the Hood and uh, Boys in the Hood and um, um, Menace to Society. Mm-hmm. I want a sequel to that movie so bad. You wanted one. Or I want. Didn't? I oh, want, want one, one so bad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think it would do a disservice to the original film. Yeah. I think, it, and and that's that's how it is. Sometimes you really don't deserve to experience something more than once. Boys, well, Boys in the Hood, they all died. I mean, but you could still spin a movie off of that. You could, yeah, you could make something because happen. then wasn't Ricky's girlfriend pregnant? Yeah, he got a son. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Ricky's actually. girlfriend was pregnant, and what year was that that they came out? Ninety one, ninety two. I think ninety two. So think about it. That means his son would be your age. Yeah. Right. So his you have a twenty nine year old son. That's you know I don't know if the son's game banging or if he took the right path. He might be in the NFL. Or and something. then and then what if Doughboy had a son also? Mm-hmm. Right. You could spin that movie off. That could be dope, yeah. You could spin you Boys in the Hood off. That's the thing. Like, I'll be telling y'all every week, man, we got million-dollar ideas on this podcast. Yeah. But, Matter of know. fact, we need to cut, edit this edit point. <laughs> edit this out. Yeah. But that that's how um, the Creed franchise was made. Yes. kind of like that same like spinoff mm-hmm. of, a, of an old movie. But, yeah. yeah, that'd be dope. I just seen... I went to the movies yesterday, and, I, uh, you know, West Side Story, that, that kind of play that they turned into a, a movie... Yeah, West Side Story. Uh huh. Was it like the Puerto Ricans? Yeah, the yeah. like musical. Mm-hmm. So Puerto I guess Rican, Puerto Rican musical. Yeah. Was it in uh, reggaeton? <laughs> <laughs> was Daddy Yankee in this rompe, movie? Rompe, hey, hey. <laughs> Go ahead. But um, I I think they're rebooting that movie. Steven really? Spielberg is uh, directing it. They gotta stop, man. But but I I found that weird because it's Steven Spielberg directing it. I thought. I thought like those OGs, they would be so like old school filmmakers that they wouldn't want to like recreate these movies. That they would be even if it's like a based off of a book or something, right. they would just do something more original. But it's, right. it's kind of it's just kind of strange. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, what I also think too is is some movies should not have a sequel because they kind of go, they go, they branch way too far off the original story, uh-huh. and they just make it non-believable. Like yeah. in Coming to America, it was not believable at all. Like that was wild. And then it was wild that she basically like drugged him. Yeah, you caught that. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have that comparable story if a man was doing it to a woman. That would be considered like rape or something, dude. Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't say that word on on YouTube. I don't think. Really? I think I could be wrong. Probably, well, you probably can't get monetized. Yeah, we're not trying to get monetized. You can't. Um, that's what you could say, though. You could literally, like, people know what you mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, Drake. Drake's album, Certified Lover Boy. By the title of this album, I don't, it, you, it tells you, you know, where his, you know, where he stands. The genius thing about Drake is Drake understands, like, who drives his content. So, the most comparable artist to him is LL Cool J. Nobody really talks about that. Mm-hmm. I was telling Keith that a dope 
versus battle will be Drake and LL Cool J. And mm-hmm. you can't say, oh, Drake could kill him. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know because LL got some hits. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that can stand toe-to-toe with Drake. And people say, but people will be like, that's not true. What about Jay? Like, I'm talking about somebody who makes the same music. Yeah. You can't just get two random artists. If you get Drake and you get LL, who had a huge female audience that made a lot of records for women and also made a lot of individual records that were dope, I don't know. I don't know who will beat win that one. But anyways, Drake knows that his audience is driven by women. Mm-hmm. So it don't give. It don't matter what men say. It's a lot of men that's like, man, it's too much singing on here or this and that, da, da, da. Why do you think Drake's albums keep charting all the time? Because he has found a way to really um, really get into the soul of women with the things he says. You, you were talking about this before the podcast. There's certain things that Drake says that, that actually connect with women. Yeah. Like he'll be like, I should have not closed the door and then let you leave my life. I sent you a text three times, but you never called me back. Uh-huh. They'd be like, that's right, girl. Don't text him back. Women personalize his music. Yeah, they Women, be tweeting that too. They tweet his, They tweet shit that he says. Like mm-hmm. it really gets to them. I think Drake makes just enough hip hop records to engage men, and makes just enough music for the women to mm-hmm. engage them. And boom, that's Drake's career. Mm-hmm. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I got a question. Whose album cover is better, Kanye's or Drake's? Oh, uh, they were both shit. <laughs> Kanye and Drake's album covers <clears throat> come together as one to make one shitty cover. <laughs> I mean, dude, this fuck is just lazy. You got a bunch of a pregnant emojis of different people. So it's subliminal messaging. That's also what engages people. So they see a black emoji, white emoji, like a Puerto Rican emoji, all these different women. So now people are saying, oh, my God, Drake got a bunch of women pregnant at once. Drake wants your mind to do that. He wants your mind to wonder. He wants you to think about this. Like, Drake knows how to play people's brains. Mm-hmm. So when I seen the cover, I'm just, all right, Drake. All right. Yeah. All right. I see what you did here. Yeah. And it's called Certified Lover Boy. So now he wants everybody to think that he got a bunch of different babies' mamas. Then he got a song called Fucking Fans on there. Yeah. I don't think it was about the baby's mom. No, I, I don't think, think it, was- it was. I just think that the certain title and the certain word plays, he's playing on your emotions because he's literally making you take off with a whole narrative by the little subliminal messaging that he's giving you. It's almost like his albums are almost like looking for Waldo when you were a kid Mm -hmm. and you're looking for that little striped white guy with a white, with a shirt Mm -hmm. and those fucking glasses, kind of like the ones you're wearing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's what Drake does, man. I think it was more so like this is baby making music kind of, I think that was the, that's what I interpreted it as. Uh, but yeah, I think that both of those album covers were just like... It's lazy. This is like... I didn't think it was... At least Kanye's, there's some artistic merit to it. It's just a blank cover. But with Drake's, it just... It, it was... Uh, it looked kind of childish. But it did what it was supposed to do because there are people making um, their own remixes to it. You see Lil Nas X, you know, he did something to it. It was... Uh, like some football teams that put helmets on all the the emojis and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I guess it's. I, guess I, it's- I think uh, Lil Nas X album is gonna be a big dick on the cover. God damn. <laughs> It's going to be a rocket ship, though. It's going to be a rocket ship with a vein on it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Shout out to Lil Nas X, man. Oh, people that don't listen to this podcast will be like, oh my God, that was so homophobic. It's like we actually got love for Lil Nas X, bro. He makes really good music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. Um, CLB. Huh? I said CLB. Yeah, this. This this the album cover was very lazy, but I think you can do this if you're Drake and Kanye. You could do this, but all the content creators out there, don't do this. Yeah, don't try to do the same. Don't thing. fucking do it. Don't, don't try to release OBS an album. Thing. Don't try to release an album with a one emoji on it like you like you built like that. You're not built like that. <laughs> you're not built like that. Why do you think me and Keith show up every week to do this podcast? We love doing it, but we can't afford missing a week because we not we not like that. Like we like Charlamagne and Andrew Schultz. They do a great podcast, but they be they be skipping some weeks sometimes. But mm. they can do it because they've already built up their platform. Yeah, they already have a name. Like Shorts be in Paris and whatnot. Yeah, they be all over the place touring and all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we can't be missing weeks because we have to constantly engage our listeners. Yeah, we you know we have to prove to them that we can show up every week and give you content. Mm-hmm. And once we finally reach the apex of where we're trying to go. They'll be like, hey, those guys showed up every week. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Keith's going to be like, hey, I'll be, I'm going to be gone for two weeks on a vacation. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to Turks and Caicos. I gave y'all 180-some weeks of my life. Y'all got to chill. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll probably still be here. But like, yeah, Keith is in, a, <laughs> Keith is in a Turks and Caicos right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. I knew Keith was selfish. <laughs> everybody, everybody picks up this whole narrative. You can do better than Keith. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. man! But no, I thought um, I when I first listened to um, Drake's album, I listened to it probably the night it came out, uh, probably at like eleven p.m. West Coast time, something something like that, mm-hmm. maybe like eleven thirty. And um, initially, I was I was kind of confused a little bit um, because. You, you. Uh, I guess the the big hitters in the in the in the thing. We got Nas, we got J Cole, we got Kanye West. Um, Nas is obviously like a traditional rapper, right? Um, that so album he, was dope. He, he not gonna be doing too much singing, no auto tune and stuff on that. Mm-mm. And then me, I'm a personally like a big J Cole fan. So when J Cole's album came out, I was excited for him to get back to like really rapping. You know what I mean with with bars and, and right. lyrics and metaphors and stuff. And then Kanye West, Kanye West is obviously like just a like a you know upper echelon art artist you know a very artistic and and even his ha- album had some of that singing stuff on there but also it had like some really hard beats on there. Oh my goodness! Um, Production. So when you dope. play when you play J Cole, I mean not J Cole, when you play Drake's album off the bat or off the you know right behind uh, a Kanye West or a J Cole or Nas. And um, the production is just different. It's not as aggressive. You know what I mean? J. Cole's album opens up with 95 South with the, you know, the Jay-Z sample and Cameron on there talking crazy. Um, and then, you know, uh, Drake's album opens up like with, you know, like kind of like a, a jazzy sample mm-hmm. on there. And it was just different. So not to say that it was bad, but it was just I'm saying that I had expectations. You know, mm-hmm. I was expecting him to hear all these other albums that came out at least this year and be like, yo, I want to make something at not necessarily like that, but just as aggressive. And I want to be rapping out here like like these guys in it. And it, and it yeah. just didn't. And it didn't I, happen. I think the problem with us, though, too, is we kind of hold these these artists to a position. And I think that they're at a space now where they are making the music that they want to make. 
Mm-hmm. So when they when they come out with these albums and you, and we think like oh he's gonna come hard it was people on there it, there are people that are there are also people who are not objective and they're like Drake stands mm-hmm. like they'll be like Drake's album was the hardest album I've heard probably in my life he's like dude no it's not even built like that like I just know that you're a person that is a Drake zombie. Yeah, Drake zombie. He is like, you just wake up, Drake. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> yeah, but the album, he set the tone with the initial, like, you know, with the, the low tone, like, this ain't going to be what y'all think it's going to be. Yeah. But he definitely right has some job. good albums. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I found hilarious? Um, Not even hilarious, but just, like, interesting. Lil Baby is featured on everybody's album. Yeah, they're going to force Lil Baby down our throats. They, bruh, pause. They, that guy is everywhere. No pause. Now, that, <laughs> <laughs> that guy is everywhere. He yeah. was on Kanye's album. He was on Drake's album. He was on Moneybag Yo's album. He was on J. Cole's album. J. Cole's album. He was on, <clears throat> was he, uh, fuck. Was he on 21 Savage's album? He did the thing with Lil Durk. They did the man the collab. Lil Baby is everywhere. He was on DJ Khaled's album. DJ Khaled. I wouldn't be surprised if Lil Baby is, is bust out with like Justin Bieber. I would. I'm, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, he doesn't have like a rap voice like you would expect though. Mm-hmm. It's not like that when he gets on there. It's not like you're gonna go crazy. I think he makes decent music though. I really yeah. do. And this yeah. album he came out with was dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. but People say like, oh, he gonna be the next one. Like he gonna be the next like you know Kanye to Drake. He don't got he don't make that type of music to do that. What you mean? He doesn't he doesn't have the type of sound to be like the number one guy in hip hop. He just doesn't. Oh, I, I think so. I think that um, cause he raps good. Um, so I think I think like when even when Lil Wayne was on top, I think his career went as far as his production. Mm-hmm. So when you got you know, beats like a Millie, which is like probably like one of the all time best, one of the all time best hip hop beats. Just mm-hmm. and it's not even a super complicated beat. It's no. just, it just sounds good and it knocks. Um, he getting production from from uh, what's dude's it name? It aged very well. What's uh, I forget his name. It's like a it's like a a country or something. I forget the, the producer that did it. But you got that. You got Kanye West. You got. Freaking uh, Swiss beats and all these guys giving you, and, and even uh, like Manny Fresh early on, yeah, <clears throat> production. So, um, but then he just became like the best rapper. Like he was just yeah. rapping really, really good. So then he kind of for some, when I guess that Carter three era, and then kind of like maybe Carter four, and then like kind of halfway through, you know, between Carter three and but, Carter two. But he actually made a name for himself through mixtapes, not really through the albums. That, like the albums, yes, but they kind of reinforced all that work he was doing on the mixtape. But the, the mix the mixtapes are like for the fan, right? The mixtape is not the mixtapes aren't promoted. Is that's kind of like capturing like the the core audience. Mm-hmm. But when a Millie drops, it's everywhere. First of yeah. all, everybody's freestyling over. They put they yeah. put marketing money behind it and all that. That's, that's kind of when it kind of like takes over. So I think in that in that sense, little baby can. Um, like if he catches one of those, like he can be known as like the guy. He he may he may not never be what people deem as like and even Lil Wayne, he's just a really good rapper. We don't see him as like a producer and right. all these other things, but I think that's uh a little bit where a little baby. Only thing is nowadays, I think it's more difficult to become the guy than back then. 
Why is that? Because everyone's attention span is so short, and the, the music is easier to grab. <clears throat> like mm-hmm. it, w- music wasn't hard to grab back then, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you actually people were still burning CDs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it was you had a, de- a you had like a delay. There was a little more anticipation. Like you had to work harder to get the content. But now all you got to do is oh, oh, it's my phone. Uh, it's not that great. Uh, okay, let me go to the next album. Oh, let me go to the next song. It's a lot harder to be the guy now, mm-hmm. you know. But when it comes when it comes down to it, I don't know, man. I I don't know if it's him, or I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, it's got to be him right now. I don't know anybody else is doing it like little baby. As far as the young guys, yeah, I think him. Maybe like little Dirk is a guy that people look at as kind of. I don't think Dirk Dirk doesn't make the type of music to be the guy. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know, I'm over not. over like a ten year. We're talking about the guy. We're talking about Drake and Jay, who did it for like over ten years. I don't see. I don't personally see any of those. But I'm just saying, as far as like right. what people are, what people are listening to consistently, you know, Lil Durks, Lil Babies, Polo G's, these kind of guys are like. I'm man. That's right. I'm gonna tell you what album I'm waiting <clears throat> on. I'm waiting for Roddy Rich's album. Yeah, I'm curious. To, I'm curious to see how his his album sounds because um, he had a huge album. His first album was yeah, very, it was monster, very huge, and he had a hit single, number one single. So I'm curious to 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 see like what what his next album. Oh yeah, he was like. on he was on Kanye's album too. Mm-hmm. Like I've been I've been trying to do things. I've been never never done because I'm balling. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he do his voice like that. It's just his voice. I think he just get a little bit of helium like. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Shout out to Roddy Rich, man. Uh, but yeah, man, that that's I guess that's my idea or that, my opinion that, about Drake shit. Is- uh, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me is like, you know, there's a lot of uh, backlash, I guess, from both albums, and it's 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 not real world backlash. It's, no, it's more just people on the internet, Twitter, and Facebook, and I don't know why people think that they need to post their opinions about albums. Um, or that their opinion actually matters because everybody became an A and R. Exactly. So I see people on there. They were like, uh, and obviously comparing the albums, they're like, oh, I couldn't really make it through Donda, but Drake's album is really good. It's definitely a classic. And I'm just like, why? Like, why? Why is your opinion needed? Me, me, myself, um, I didn't necessarily give my opinion. Well, I, I did. I gave my opinion in rebuttal to people, um, but as far right. as like. Like overall, I didn't really share too much of my opinions about like the albums that came out. So like when I heard Donda, maybe a little bit late, maybe like it came out on a Sunday. I might have heard it on like Tuesday or something like that. And then when I was listening to it, I was like, yo, this song off the grid is dope. Um, Just come, at least like the first half Hurricane, and then remote control remote and control praise God. Dope, I was yeah. like, these songs are dope. These like, are dope are, songs. What are people talking about? So I just went on Twitter and I was like, Kanye, I was just like, Donda is dope. What are y'all talking about? Yeah. And then people got on there and they were saying like, you know, responding in, in different ways. But um, even with uh, like I was saying with Drake's thing. I guess my biggest thing is like, wh- what is your musical background? Like, what, yeah. what, what, what do you listen to on an everyday basis? Are you listening to, to and no disrespect, I like Mozzie, like Mozzie's music, but are you listening to Mozzie where it's more like that, that tone of music is a shoot 'em up, mm-hmm. you know, bang, bang type of, uh, type of music that you listen to on an everyday basis. And mm-hmm. then you go to Drake's album and you're judging it on the same basis as you're judging like a, a, a Mozzie. That's a bad song. skill. Yeah, so like for me, I'm like, first of all, like we have to, 
I need to see your musical resume before you you share your opinion on on some of these albums. Like, first of all, I work in the electronics department at Walmart, so I know what music sounds like. <laughs> and they be yeah. like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, Chelsea from electronics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will say that, I, honestly... I feel this the same way about the album. I feel like right now I'm still processing it, but I will say it's Drake. It's not good or bad. It's just Drake. Mm-hmm. And one of the songs that stands out to me is Girl. I think it's Girls on Girls with um, Lil Baby. You like that song? It's a decent song. I I think that song, I personally don't like the concept. I think that that concept is like, is just like dated. It's oversaturated. Yeah, that it's just and it's kind of childish. Yeah. You know, just that, that He is 35 years old. Exactly. So Man. I'm like I was like if that was, you know, uh so far gone, if that idea was on there, I'd be like, "Oh, you know, it kind of fits you. You're a younger guy, you kind of cater into like the whole college uh market and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but from coming from a 35-year-old, I just don't necessarily care for he that." He really hasn't evolved. You mean like Drake's sound the really content? No, it hasn't. It's decent. It, it's good music, but it hasn't necessarily evolved. Mm-hmm. Like we see, we seen a transition with with like Jay Z with four 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 and shit like that, right? And he made those 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 like up uppity like uh, dance club records back in yeah. the day. Jay Z had pimpin'. big pimping and. Uh-huh. All kind of other records he made, but he started to transition from that to making more adult themed stuff. Yeah, four four four. It didn't. It didn't have none of that on there. Mm-hmm. He was literally just rapping about cheating on his wife and mm-hmm. you know raising his kids and, and stuff like that. And, yeah, you know the story of OJ, mm-hmm. which is like a, a great story. So yeah, what I notice about Drake is he starts sometimes he he panders to um, to things that are kind of beneath him, mm-hmm. like when he be randomly trying to make like <clears throat> dance records. Yeah, Tissy Slide. And it'd be successful. Uh-huh. Like, Kiki, do you love me? Like uh-huh. that. And I'm like, um, I don't think, and Drake's getting older. If you're like 40-something doing that, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think you should definitely mature with your music. Like, you hear um, you hear the growth from all of his peers, like you say. Like, I'm going to call Jay-Z his peer, but, you know, like a guy like Jay-Z who... You know, he released 444, and it wasn't really no commercial music on there at all. It was just him telling his story and, you know, talking about uh, black wealth and, you know, like I said, talking about cheating and Mm -hmm. maturation and therapy and all these different concepts and stuff like that. And then you hear, you know, with J. Cole, even on there, he talked about he ain't cheated in six years. Yeah, right. Different things. um, Kanye West, obviously, that's always been Kanye West's bag, just kind of talking about his life and his mom and stuff. So there's... There's not really any maturation. He's always kind of been that, but, um, but yeah, I, th- I think you're supposed to. You're kind of supposed to grow with your art. You know, even Gambino, he went from talking about rapping about like dicks and you know just kind of like these. He was like a a little Wayne, like a nerdy little Wayne. Yeah, in his career now he's making like Redbone, which is like yeah, has like themes of like you know being black in America. And he all talked that, about like, his sexual desires for Asians. <laughs> frequently, pretty frequently yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> when we went to his concert, there were a lot of Asians there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Gambino. <clears throat> yeah, come up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you, 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 I mean, even for I, I don't know, maybe people can see the growth in 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 us over this couple years as far as right. our podcast. So I just think yeah. like. You know, you're supposed to you're supposed to grow with your art. Um, but I think that's the dangerous part about being so popular. Is right. That, um, I think it, it, it makes you afraid of taking risks. Yes. 
um, to where like you may sprinkle in a, a little bit of risks here and there, but overall you're going to kind of stick to your uh, stick to your your basics. So. It's crazy how it's crazy when you become a Kanye or Drake, how much power you have. Yeah. There is power in your music because your power is making people get out of their cars and dance next to it. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Remember that shit? What was that in 2019, right? I think so. It was like, Kiki, do mm-hmm. you love... It was in 18 or 19. And then everybody was doing a dance thinking they was doing something good. But it's like, you're doing the same thing as everybody else. Yeah. But it's because Drake's music is... One, it's, one you want attention. But yeah. secondly, Drake's music is making you do that. Mm-hmm. Kanye, like that guy, he's not afraid to evolve or do what he wants. Like mm-hmm. Kanye, that, uh, sound, that thing is in your, the light. The what? The yeah. light. Yeah, that's all yeah, right. We okay. gotta, you gotta get a little well, thing over it. Diffuser. Oh yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Kanye had <laughs> he has mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, he was openly supporting Trump, which that's his 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 you know uh, what do you call it prerogative. Mm-hmm. But then he wasn't supporting Trump. Like, it's just, he was doing all kinds of shit. I think Kanye's mental illness has made him Teflon because he's not afraid to do whatever he wants. Kanye is walking around with a stocking over his face. Yeah. Who does that? Somebody, Joe Budden was saying that Drake is Teflon too. Why? Well, one, he was saying, I looked at people's reactions after certain information and certain things come out. So he's like, uh, Meek Mill came out and said he got peed on and he ran away from the guy or whatever and nobody cared. What? He was like, wow. uh, that's how the whole Meek Mill beef started. Well, first it was like, you know, Meek Mill said he was had a ghostwriter and then he came out and said he, he got said, peed on and all this kind of stuff and then he released back to back and it was just like, okay. It was over. <laughs> but um, then he had the whole, the, the blackface situation and then mm-hmm. uh, Pusha T said he was hiding a kid and nobody nobody cared. So yeah. it was just so many different things that had came out and like people just didn't, you know, overall they just didn't care. Kanye has done an amazing job, not Kanye, but uh, uh, Drake has done an amazing job at responding through music and not through Twitter mm-hmm. or Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. He keeps it music. Mm-hmm. So that's what he does do right. And he's made himself Teflon because he hasn't conform to the way people communicate now yeah if somebody diss you on twitter you don't say nothing he, he don't say anything and then finally he come out with an album and they'd be like oh and it, the album won't come out till five or six months later and then he'll be like addressing it mm-hmm. uh be, that's what jay does too mm-hmm. jay say some stuff he'd be like oh mm-hmm. and then that's just pretty much how he does he keeps it old school because the thing is is once you respond to people they got too much power over you just like 21 Savage fucked up by going on Clubhouse yeah. and arguing with WAC 100 and Takashi. Mm-hmm. Like, like, literally, 21 Savage is in a, in a space where his career is still ascending. Mm-hmm. And he went and went down a level by talking to those clowns. Yeah. So it's like, you, you in order, he, Drake is Teflon, but he's made himself that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that, it, that, I think that's important too. When, when you only respond in the music, um, and you were, you're actually a good rapper, you, you kind of, like you said, you kind of make yourself Teflon. Because, like you were saying, 21 Savage, he kind of got beside himself a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, he's, you know, he really from the streets. So that's not, 
you know, that that whole Twitter internet thing, that internet beefing thing is not really a part of like the a street club. It's not real, man. Yeah. So if he had, like you said, just kept it in the music next time he had a record come out, he addressed six nine and whack one hundred, um, it would have just been much much better. And it would have been a better conversation. Kind of better than, you know, oh dang, this nigga Twenty One Savage and Takashi Six Nine on Clubhouse going at each other. Yeah, it's stupid. A week later, we don't even care about. It. At least, at least this way, when you release a song, you're actually making money off of it. Look, I'll say this: we'll close this topic up soon. But I, I, in the foreseeable future, I can see us really getting decent on YouTube and getting a good amount of subscribers and viewers. And there's gonna be some podcasts out there that start shitting on us, mm-hmm. right? There are just some platform on YouTube. That's what p- people on YouTube do. They have YouTube beefs, which is weird. Yeah. They're going, oh, man, Eddie's, Eddie's stupid. He's always running his fucking mouth. Look at this clip. Mm-hmm. Look at Keith contradicting himself. He's stupid. Mm-hmm. And, th- and they're going to keep doing it over and over and over. And then there's going to be people in our comments that were like, how do you guys feel about so-and-so podcast saying this about you guys? How do you feel? And then we just will simply not respond. Mm-hmm. And what? guess what happens when you do that? You keep putting out content, and then that podcast, they have to move on to someone else because you, you didn't really respond to them. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. I, I, I see the landscape of, of YouTube and all these other places, and I see how people get bigger, people having these YouTube boxing matches. And it's like, oh, my God, stop yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We're a podcast that barely came out on YouTube. We've been doing audio for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we really didn't need to do that, but we felt it would be good to get a new a new audience. Something fresh. Something fresh. So mm-hmm. to all those out of our very few listens since we just started, Thank you for tuning in. All 21 of you. Yeah. <laughs> 21, 21, 20. <laughs> 21 viewers. 21 is smart, man. I, I, we were looking at that um, that interview he did with... Uh, with uh, Million Gilly. dollars worth of game. Yeah, Gilly and uh, Wallow. Yes. Yeah. And he was talking about how he owns his masters, man. And, you know, he like you said, you know, sometimes we look at these artists and we'd be like, oh, they ain't, they ain't really the brightest people in the world. But, you know, a lot of... A lot of these artists, not even a lot of them, there are select few artists that really understand business and really understand the value of, you know, the content they put out. So shout out to uh, 21 Savage. Oh, yeah. All right. Switching gears. Uh, McDonald's being investigated for broken McFlurry machines. Now, over the years, a lot of people have posted like memes uh, making fun of McDonald's having broken machines. This is something that's been going on for quite some time. But... Recently, (laughs) it's been literally investigated. So I'm going to read this quick article real quick. Um, I scream, you scream, we all scream out of sheer rage that McDonald's ice cream machine is busted again. (laughs) What the hell? It went to Twitter. Okay. Uh, But by now, it is well known amongst connoisseurs of the fast food giant's frozen desserts that McDonald's ice cream machines often break down. The technical problems that regularly befall the contraptions can make McFlurry shakes and other treats unattainable. McDonald's has acknowledged the issue, but customers are not loving it. Oh, this person that wrote this is a great writer. Um, (laughs) The problem has gotten so widespread There's a online tool that lets you track malfunctioning machines across the United States. Now, the feds are reportedly on the case. According to a report on the Wall Street Journal, the Federal Trade Commission contracted McDonald's franchise owners over over the summer looking for information about the broken ice cream machines. McDonald's franchisees have long 
griped about the machines, the newspaper reported, which require a nightly cleaning cycle that can fail and require a technician to fix. Wow. This is the funniest part right here. The Biden administration is looking more closely at manufacturers. The move comes as Biden administration looks broadly at whether manufacturers have been blocking owners from fixing broken products themselves. The newspaper said, well, the newspaper said advocates of the right to repair movement say companies should not make it nearly impossible for users to independent technicians to repair modern products, particularly consumers, uh, consumer electronics. The FTC declined to comment on the report and the July commission announced it would increase law enforcement efforts against manufacturers that that impose repair restrictions on business uh, businesses, government agencies, workers and consumers. All right. Um, Here's the thing that I found funny. McDonald's like they didn't clap back on on social media, but they responded to it. And this is what they said right on Twitter. McDonald's said, um, not alluded to it. Uh, we have a joke about our soft, our soft serve machine, but we're worried. Let me read this over. God damn it. We have a joke about our soft serve machine, but we're worried that it won't work. So they're, they're like, they have a little bit of like a satirical spin on their machines not working, but here's the problem. McDonald's people don't want jokes. They want McFlurries. Yeah. It's an ice cream machine, though. It's not a McFlurry machine. It makes McFlurries. The ice cream machine, it's it's one thing. Okay. Well, you did work at McDonald's. Yeah. But it, I was just making sure it's like, there's not a McFlurry machine and then a separate ice cream machine. Right. Yeah. Right. But people want McFlurries, Keith. Stop <laughs> arguing with the point. Okay? You know what the fuck I meant. No, but um, yeah, I think that the pressure's on McDonald's now. Yeah, the pressures on McDonald's, man. They've been they've been a part of a good amount of scandals. <laughs> they have, man. They've been a part of. There was you hear about the uh, the the you know the the monopoly scandal. Like nobody was winning or what? No, there was a guy that over the years for twenty four years he was getting a million dollars a year because they was trading and trading uh, uh, different pieces to other people and stuff to win. There was a it was a whole scandal. What is why is that a scandal? No, because somebody had insider information and they were getting certain pieces so they could win that fucking lottery. Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought it was well, the, the monopoly thing. The monopoly shit. So he was basically, well, the, the, it's just a monopoly game. So when you get a certain amount of pieces. No, nah, that's not how it worked. This motherfucker had insider information and he was winning over and over. And McDon- what, I'm, what I'm saying is like, what, what type of inside information can you have? Because to my knowledge, it's. Like monopoly, the monopoly game. So when you get a certain amount of, like if you get a certain amount of houses in a row or whatever, or however that goes, then you win a certain amount of money. So they got a documentary <clears throat> about it, man. It was on Netflix. Um, is this the story of an ex-cop turned security officer who rigs the McDonald's monopoly game promotion for a decade, stealing millions of dollars and building a vast network of co-conspirators across the U.S. This is a real problem. Like this was a there was they had they literally got the FBI to investigate McDonald's. This ain't the first time they've been investigated over some shit. So the FTC stopped them with this fucking machine. And here's the thing: the reason why McDonald's got busted is because <laughs> a person who loves the, the McFlurries reverse engineered the McDonald's app to show every broken machine in the United States. So <laughs> they were seeing that machines were broken down. All of the United States, and then the FTC was like, "Hey, 
you guys got to cut this mm-hmm. shit out. But I, I think it's McDonald's also being cheap. I think that people want to find the most cost effective way to give you a product. And then also if it breaks, then whatever. Yeah. So I think that the new thing for McDonald's is going to be like, hey, we've got new and improved ice cream machines for our listeners all in all of our stores. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you better, motherfucker, because everybody's on your ass. <laughs> you know, you selling you selling. How can you even claim you sell ice cream products and your shit's always broken? Yeah. What you know? What McDonald's needs to do also? I Mc- think what they mm-hmm. should do is they should link up with Lil Nas X and have dip dick shaped ice cream cones. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be called the Can't Nobody Tell Me Nothing Ice Cream. <laughs> the Lil Nas Meal. <laughs> oh right, can't nobody tell me nothing. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I mean, they, hey, McDonald's might as well use Lil Nas X. That'd be that's probably one of the biggest artists to use right now for a meal. Yeah, they should. Yo, shout out to a uh, Saweetie. Uh, Keith got a Saweetie meal last time we was out in L.A. Yeah, and then he went on Twitter and he's hashtag like female empowerment. Um, Women's <laughs> <I did. laughs> <laughs> empowerment. <laughs> hashtag future is female. <laughs> Keith was that's wild. Funny. Keith was on his feminism like that. <laughs> Nah, but I, I I think um I think that that they may use this as a, a marketing scheme like oh, they yeah. get new ice cream machines in there and then oh, they, yeah. you know they be like yo everybody come you know f- if you buy a fry or whatever you get a free Sunday or whatever the case may be fuck that mm-hmm. they need to be giving away McFlurries for like three days three days straight dead serious you know how many people have left McDonald's frustrated because they couldn't get their favorite <laughs> ice cream yeah, boogers in my nose I mean that you get that's all on that's all getting recorded. Now. <laughs> Everybody sees how much boogers fucking Keith has in his nose. Congratulations. Everybody get up for Keith. Hey, man, we like to keep it real on a Chuckers Mind podcast. Yeah, because, you, you know, you guys have no idea how many farts I've held in for the sake of the listeners. I don't hold them in. If I fart, that's just going to get on the mic. You're going to hear it. Yeah. You just got to contort your anal glands in order to squeeze <laughs> it out. Contort your anal glands? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, McDonald's, man, they, they need to prove to the customers, you know, get these new machines to say, hey, every customer, if you ask, you will get a free McFlurry and we're doing this for two days. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's cool. Yeah. I mean, dog, even if you give everybody a McFlurry, I think it still doesn't count for all the years that they didn't get a McFlurry. The the, the problem that they, the I guess, whomever is going to run into is that. I don't know if you can com- you can prove that the parts are cheap or defective. I don't know how you no you can't prove, you prove it. that. I don't know that either. Um, secondly, these are franchises, so mm-hmm. um, Mc- the- McDonald's is, I guess, kind of responsible for how these franchises are run because they pop up and make sure everything is on up and up. But we all know that every franchise. Um, whether it's a freaking Jiffy Lube or a Subway mm-hmm. or McDonald's or Jack in the Box, these owners are trying to cut corners. They're trying to keep of labor. course. They're trying to keep labor costs low. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to make sure they're not overspending on you know equipment and all these kind of things. So they're always going to try to cut corners. So for me, and this is me speaking from a. Uh, experience. I've worked in McDonald's and I've also cleaned an ice cream machine. That thing says, I don't know how often we were supposed to clean it, but that thing said they're supposed to clean it every night. Ain't no McDonald's in America cleaning their ice cream every night. Nah, they ice got cream some. machine every night. Um, and even for me, when when we cleaned it, 
it's a long process, right? Yeah. So first of all, you gotta you drain all the ice cream out of it, um, and then you take all these different pieces apart. You pulling stuff out. You pulling different equipment out. You go over there. You wash it off the whole nine, um, and then you put it back together, and then you dump the entire new ice cream back in. There. It's a prop. It's probably. It might take like an hour and a half, two hours. That's ridiculous. Two hour process. From what I can remember, I can't exactly remember how long it took, but it took it took some. It for sure took some time, right? Um, so that's how it's supposed to go. And mm-hmm. if it and, and if that is the rule every night, that's how it's supposed to go. So two, three hours every night, somebody is supposed to um, somebody is supposed to come in there and, and take care of that, right? Mm-hmm. But um, like I said before, all these owners are trying to save money. A lot of these owners hire store managers and shift managers because they're good at managing the shift as far as keeping the cost low, making sure mm-hmm. orders are getting through pretty fast. Um, so when it comes to doing that on a nightly basis, you're having to pay the janitor who may actually make above minimum wage. If mm-hmm. min- I don't know what minimum wage is now, but let's say minimum wage is like $12. The janitor probably makes $14, $15, $16. So mm-hmm. you're having to have the janitor come in at the end of the the day and probably making 60 bucks fixing that that thing on a nightly basis. Um, so that's just raising your 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 labor costs. Um and you're and even if you have to teach someone else how to do it, maybe a a, a, a person that's on the fries or a person that's just a cook, mm-hmm. um, you're still having to spend more labor time teaching that person how to do it. And it's gonna take that three hours plus maybe an extra hour because you're actually talking and communicating through that whole process. Um so I say that to say oftentimes like our machine was was broke down, but it generally got fixed pretty uh pretty fast when somebody came in there and they just cleaned the machine out. True. So I think a lot of times, you know, when people kind of run into these things, they start breaking down because the machine is just dirty. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you another reason why. We also, I don't know how up to date these machines are. Mm-hmm. I could go with the belief that these machines may be primitive. And the reason why I can say that, how many times have you been inside of Ross or TJ Maxx and they ring you up and that machine is old as fuck? That monitor is old. That shit is from like 1986. Yeah. It's fucking old, man. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. it, and you, it looks like I, the color looks all dark and dirty and dingy. And they're ringing you up and the receipt comes out also like, like the technology is outdated. But what it is is the business keeps those monitors there because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They don't want to spend money to change that. Yeah. So we're going to find out if McDonald's, McDonald's has been using primitive machines. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty sure they are. At the same time, though, it's, it's, it's just ice cream. It's, so just, it's just ice like, cream, dude, but it's also, about, it's also about putting out product without having to you know, twist the fucking employee's arm to clean it. You're gonna have to do that regardless. Just from what I, just from the the mechanism that goes into it and how they're mixing up the different ice creams and stuff like that, it's mm-hmm. always going. It's always going to be difficult to clean. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably some way where you can make it a, a little bit easier, but somebody is still going to have to changing the machines, updating the machines is not going to fix the problem because right. the problem is people trying to keep labor costs down. Mm-hmm. They're not cleaning the machines like they're supposed to. Like, you know, even even when I was working there, you're supposed to change out the meat. Like, every, they're supposed to be, when we put the meat into the little racks, it's like a little heating rack little or whatever. Tray. Yeah, slide you, out. Yeah, you, you put the timer on there 
um, and you make sure that, you know, I don't know how long the meat is, the beef is supposed to stay in there, but you put a little timer on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you pick whatever meat you put in there, whether it's grilled chicken, fried chicken or whatever, mm-hmm. put the little timer on there. And then when that beat, when that, um, time is up, then you're supposed to toss that meat. Mm-hmm. We never did that. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's a problem, oh, but dang. it's not really a McDonald's problem. It's a greed. It's, it's greed, an yeah. ownership problem um, and, and and that that thing. But yeah. I, I genuinely think if the, if those machines were cleaned like they were supposed to, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like an old, like your old, your old truck. It's like if you change the oil, you make sure you... Um, you know, get certain things changed regularly. It's right. going to run how it's supposed to. True. But, you know, if you running around with no freaking transmission fluid and, you know, no oil in your car, it's going to break down. That's true. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think that, oh, another thing, too, people don't realize is you have to be careful where you buy your fountain drinks. If you go to some old hole-in-the-wall store that doesn't look that clean and shit, don't you dare buy a fountain drink. Mm-hmm. Here's why. They did, they showed like how to clean an ice machine, and they said that most ice machines are not clean. I bet. And a lot of them have bacteria in them. They took a camera, right? And they stuck it inside the ice machine, and the ice machine had green slime oh my gosh. in the corners of it. I'm talking yeah. about bacteria, mold, and green slime, and the ice was down there, and the guy was like, and I don't know where the, what country the guy was from. He's like, oh, no, no, we cannot use this. We cannot, the ice, I, I have to fill the ice machine and clean it. So then he went in with high pressure hose, bleach, all kind of cleaners, and he was barely able to get a lot of the stains out. He said, this ice machine is good to go, and I've cleaned it with all my solution, and it's still barely good. So when you go to these little corner stores, liquor stores, they are not cleaning that machine. That's what De- Desmond does. He be going into like the, these companies and mm-hmm. just different uh, stuff in restaurants and stuff like that. And uh, he sends like every. I don't even know if he's supposed to do this, but he sent us a picture one day and it was just disgusting. And I was just like, what was it? I don't even know what it was, but there. I don't know what wasn't working, but something wasn't working at mm-hmm. this uh, restaurant. And they call basically. He called. They call his company up, and he goes out there and and uh, checks to see like what's what's going on. And he pulled something out, and it was just all kind of gunk on it. And it was just like, it was disgusting. But it's like, duh, this is why your machine is broken, or this is why you can't cook your food, because all this, you know, oil and grease. You got years of bacteria. Yeah. You also got to watch out for those mom and pop places. Like, you go to get your burgers, you know, they've been open for like 37 years or whatever. And they may be cool, but, you know, maybe the health inspector is a little too lenient. Maybe that that maybe the owner's smile and handshake was enough for them to say, "Oh no, you guys are great. Have a nice day." No, my my uh, one of my friends' moms actually does the food, uh, like the you know they give the letters out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was basically tell, telling me it's very very hard to get a B. Like a lot of times these really? restaurants and places get A's, and it's still a few. Things here and there that is just like, you know, kind of questionable. Mm-hmm. But you're saying to get a B, it has to be like something just kind of just wow, wild. Like, yeah, pretty crazy. So um, it's some A's out there that is just getting a pass. And mm-hmm. even some B's, or you'd be like, bro, you got a B? That's, I'm never if you see a B. C on somebody's window, don't go in there. Yeah. Yeah. You I think the C is like yellow too. I don't know if I ever seen a C. I've seen a C you've before. Seen a C before? I've seen a C and I've seen my way right out that fucking place. Yeah. I was like, I seen a C and I was like, see you later. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, don't eat that shit, man. They that, got seafood. Uh, oh, <laughs> you got to see for the seafood. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, and, and like if you smell something that smells weird or whatever, it's like walk out, like because chances are that shit made its way into your food. Hey, do you think because we smell that old oily smell when we we used to walk in here? Do you think we just accustomed to it, or do you think they changed anything? I think they don't change the oil enough. Mm. I honestly, I think they, I think that they keep the oil in there, and they've been refrying and refrying and refrying everything in the same grease, and they 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 do it for a while before they throw it out. That's what I think. But do you still smell it? Is what I'm saying. Uh, I still smell that you shit. Still smell it. Mm. It, it's, it, it. And what's weird is I smell it everywhere. Like you get on the elevator, it smells like fries. That's crazy. Yeah. This like, building has been around since like 1926 or something like that. I guarantee you that if they were to like tear this building down, it would be a lot of grease in the walls. It'd be a bunch of fucking grease. Grease, pigeons. Yeah, it'd be pigeons like dead like this because they try to get the cheese, a, <laughs> a cheeseburger that was smashed into the wall. <laughs> these are the awesome. most, uh, th- these pigeons at this building ain't normal pigeons. Not at all. These are like some New York pigeons, man. Yeah, yeah. Th- these motherfuckers came across. They came from New York all the way to Bakersfield. Yeah, and then it's like a hole up there. Um, at the and they top be flying the in that motherfucker. Going in there. And the, 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 it's something that's real aggressive. Like, mm-hmm. you could walk right next to them, and they won't even move. Yeah. They'll just be like, like nigga, what are you? Why are you? <laughs> pigeon just be just walking. Like, yeah. You be like, yo, what's up with this pigeon, man? Yeah. Pigeons be acting like you in their way. Pigeons would be like. <laughs> I was here first. There was some squirrels on the road that we seen, and they just they they was on Truxton, and they was actually on the road. And yeah, it's like just no care in the world. Oh yeah. yeah, dude, we got dog. There is a skunk problem in Bakersfield. People really? Oh, people don't realize there is mm-hmm. a huge skunk community out here, mm-hmm. especially off of Rosedale or like Buck Owens. Mm-hmm. Man, I seen a, I seen a skunk so big. That I was like, I was afraid to get out the truck because I was pulling into the yard mm-hmm. to end the day, and I seen the skunk running across the yard, and that motherfucker was like this. Really? Oh, with the tail, he was about that long. Yeah. And he just looked like he was about to stink. <laughs> and and if those motherfuckers spray you, it's done. Yeah. You are done deal. If you run over a skunk, like let's say a skunk is dead. I remember I accidentally ran over a dead skunk, and that smell was on my car. I, w- I took it to the car wash because I wasn't going to scrub it because I don't want this, the water to bounce on me. So I took it to the uh, car wash two times, and I still smelled it. Really? Oh, it was nasty. Did that even help, the car wash? Barely. You could smell a dead skunk for about a mile. Damn. About a mile away. Mm-hmm. It, and it's a very distinct smell. Mm-hmm. It's like if you stay there long enough, you know it's going to start bleeding. It is yeah. so oh. yeah. So bad. Oh, another one is is uh we have a huge uh uh raccoon, believe it or not. Mm. We got fucking raccoons out here, man. I don't think I've seen too many raccoons. Bruh, I seen a raccoon. I put it on Instagram. I seen a raccoon so big it was on a, a freaking light pole. Mm-hmm. And it was like I heard like a scratching noise. I don't know where it's coming from, and I looked up. And literally, this raccoon was about that long. God damn. That motherfucker was like a dog almost. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I couldn't get my keys. I was like, I got to get in my truck, man. I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And the raccoon, the raccoon, uh, it came down and it just like looked around. And like, they'll stand up on their hind legs too. Like, really? they'll stand up and like yeah. look around. I'm like, oh, no, we got to go. Have you seen a possum? Yes. I've seen a couple Right of by possums. the house. 
Really? Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. They be in the alley, man. Oh my gosh. Dude, I swear to God. I seen one probably a couple weeks ago. Probably about that big. Mm. Big old mouth. Big ugly face. Just fuck. It's an ugly animal. Yeah, they just look like they eat trash. That's all they yeah. just, They got a healthy diet of trash. But they're actually harmless. Mm-hmm. You could just walk up to it and grab it. Really? Yeah, they don't do shit. Dang. I'm not going to grab the motherfucker, but. Yeah, that's not my, that's not my steelo. Yeah, I've seen some. The biggest possum I have ever seen. It was like horrifying. Mm-hmm. I was coming from um, I was coming from Santa Maria. No, I was coming from the Pomo, which mm-hmm. is a little further than Santa Maria. And I, yeah. I just d- got through delivering fuel out there. And I was coming home on Highway 166. And you got to go through this little tunnel before you get on Highway 166. And I seen this big old white blob in the street. Even before I made my left turn, mm-hmm. I could see it in the dark. That's how big it was. So then I finally make my left turn and my lights get on it. And I just stop the truck. Boom. And the, the, the fucking possum just looks up like this. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm. Like, that motherfucker looked so big, it looked like it was going home or something. Like, it had a, a, a wallet. I don't know. <laughs> that was a big-ass fucking possum, man. That, boy, that possum paid rent somewhere. And he was fat. He was very portly. Like, he was moving like this. Mm-hmm. And then it finally mm-hmm. went. It just went off into some grass. And I was just like, and then you could still see the eyes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I think the like you said, the scariest one is definitely skunks. Like, and yes. I and I've never been in contact with one in that sense. But I just remember seeing a, a few on on campus in college, and no matter where they was, it would just like you would. No matter you could be the hardest, you could be the hardest crip ever. <laughs> um, and then you see a skunk, and it's just like, uh, let me just sit in my car for a little bit longer till mm, they, this motherfucker. Oh, it's a here. skunk, cuz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't get out the car. Don't play with me like that, cuz. <laughs> oh, man. I remember, uh, shout out to the homie Dwight. I sent, I think I sent you the message. It says something about, uh, he said, I know gangbangers that got, that ain't killed people and been to prison, and they'll post something like, yo, I got a crazy toothache. I wouldn't wor- wish this <laughs> on, my, on my worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, that one was funny. Oh, that was hilarious. Shout mm-hmm. out to Dwight, man. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I, I we, we went off on the tangent there, but- uh, McDonald's, you got to get it together. I will say yeah, this in closing, though. McDonald's has a lot of scandals in their their business. Even since the inception of McDonald's, it was not it was not like done the right way. It was it was thievery that started McDonald's. Ray, it was a guy. It was two founders who were the McDonald's brothers who started it. A guy that makes actual. He was making uh, ice cream machines, I believe. And he, he was selling them. I he don't was know selling if he was them, making them. Yeah, yeah, he was selling them. There's probably the same ones that he sold to the first McDonald's. They still using that shit right the now. <laughs> they still using it. Well, Ray Cock. Ray Ray Cock. Ray, Ray, Ray Cock. He is a dick. Yeah, he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted them to franchise it. They didn't really want to do that. Eventually, he talked them into it. He swindled them out of their own business and excluded them from it. And to make matters worse, he stole the guy's wife. He yeah. even he even fucked the dude's wife. Then and then it goes further than that. He made him a deal. I think he's. I think he bought him out for like two point seven million or something, which ain't shit. Even back then, for the amount of money they were making, mm-hmm. and then he was supposed to give them every year one percent in perpetuity every year, which would have been a total of about a hundred million dollars, right? But he fucked them out of the one percent because he said, oh, "For that, we need to do a handshake agreement. It's written in here. It needs to be a handshake agreement." So he shook their hands, and because it was not written. And you have to you have to have things in writing. And since it was not in writing, 
he was able to legally fuck them by shaking their hands. So he shook their hand, looked them in the face, and fucked them for the 1%. And then Rick yeah. Kroc has his face on McDonald's plaques as the founder of McDonald's when he's a fucking liar and he's a thief. And he is not the founder of McDonald's. It's called McDonald's, dog. Yeah, it's like, come on. So if you guys think that we're bullshitting, go to YouTube and look up Ray Kroc or look up, uh, it's a movie called The Founder. You really yeah. need to watch this with Michael Keaton. Great movie. And it shows how the company was started, McDonald's. So. It's so sad. The only thing I will say is that um, those McDonald's brothers, according to the movie, didn't mm-hmm. have uh, the vision. No. So, um, of course, Ray Kroc took it to what it is, a billion served, all this kind of stuff. But if maybe if it wasn't for Ray Kroc, um, it might it have, have just grown. been just a, you know, a local thing. But, but and, that's what they wanted, though. They didn't want to franchise it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just kind of like coerced them into doing it. Mm-hmm. The guy was a fucking slime ball. But yeah. I'll tell you what. Shout out to Ray Kroc because them McDonald's uh, McDoubles with the with the Mac sauce. First of all, they need to give Keith a meal. I mean, <laughs> like they oh, got they, the, they yeah. give, give your boy a, bit, a look, meal, man. Look, look, they got Sweetie and all them, <laughs> but probably about seven years ago, maybe longer. I don't know. Hey, my meal was smack. I ain't gonna front. The McDoubles that you get that come with the standard, you know, pickles and onions the and the cheese. cheese. Yeah. Keith only got it with Mac sauce and onions, uh, Mac sauce, onions and cheese, right? Mm-hmm. And it tastes so good. I've been, I can't eat it any other way now. It's it, dry if it, you ain't got the Mac It has sauce to have Mac sauce and mm-hmm. onions for me to eat it, and it tastes so good. Yeah. If, if they give Keith a meal in the foreseeable future, it's got to be a McDouble. And first of all, I don't buy combos no more. Yeah, you I make it, You build your own combo. Huh? I build my own. I yeah. get that two for three fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, might add a spicy McChicken on the side. You know, <laughs> that medium fry. You know, yeah. Um, and now they got the high C back. The high C, yeah, yeah. So the they that would be this would be my meal. You can't even pick your own drink in my meal. It would probably be the two the two uh, McDoubles with the Mac sauce, um, a medium fry. And then it would be a high C. And then you might, you might, there might be an option for like a, uh, for some sort of ice cream, like a sundae or something. But yeah, my meal would be, my meal would be. The, the it'd be a, meal. it'd be a real <laughs> meal though. Like yeah. a lot of these other meals, I don't think that the artists really like. Maybe Travis Scott might be the only one I really I, had a real input on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so we are. She got us a Big Mac and four nuggets. And some, uh, yeah, and some, and it's just a sweet basic. sauce. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't. They, they, they're not very creative. They're no. pretty much the, the original it, meals. With it's, them. it's not that they're not creative. They're looking for the most cost effective way to not spend any money yeah. while also giving you the illusion that, that you're doing something. That you're doing something different, you know? That's the same reason mm-hmm. why, right, right after Keith bought the Saweetie meal, he was like, female empowerment, hashtag it was crazy. <laughs> supporting women, hashtag the future is female. <laughs> I was, I had, I was in uh, line at McDonald's one day. And I did think that thought, like, man, if I had my own meal, it would be it would be a real legit meal. Yeah. It wouldn't be something that you just threw together. Oh with no, some different packaging on there. Me, I couldn't have a meal because I'm not original enough. Keith is the one that came up with the concept. I just been rolling with that one. But I Ray crocked it though. Like that what wasn't you mean? that wasn't an original thought. What do you mean? But I'm saying like somebody told me about the the Mac sauce. No, the, who was it? In the sixth grade, somebody put me on. I don't even know his name. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah, I was. So this is how it went. My my shout out to Jared, my boy Jared Lewis. He um, we were going to like the Valley Meat 
um, track meet or whatever. And uh, I was riding with his mom to the to the to the track meet. And I think I think I was riding with with Jared um, and his sister was also running track, too. But I think I was riding with them because um, I don't know if my mom couldn't go or we was always late to track meet. Something like that. We was always on CP time when it came to these. Track meets. <laughs> but that it, that don't work in track because I used to show up, run straight to the sign in and then have to run and not even do a proper warm up. Um, and mind you, these track meets would be like in uh, in Fresno sometimes and in Taft and different places where you can't just be late. You know what I mean? So um, I spent the night at his like on Friday after school. I, you know, I packed my bags and stuff. And then I spent the night at, at Jared's house. Um, and then uh, Jared lived like way out there by Ridgeview. So he lived in a pretty decent neighborhood. Like his mom got their house built the whole nine. Um, but he had one other friend that was like in a seventh grade at the time. And basically, his mom gave us a little bit of change um, to ride bikes and go to McDonald's and get some dinner. So we we rode his bikes over to to the McDonald's. It's the McDonald's on uh, it might be the one on like White Lane or some not White Lane but Panama. Mm. It might be that one, um, but it might be a different one. I'm not 100 percent sure. So we rode down there. We go to McDonald's and then he like, hey, let me get a. He did it so casual. He like, hey, let me get a McDouble, but take the ketchup and all that off uh just put some mac sauce on it wow and i was like yo <laughs> like, nigga, you don't even know what you just did bruh yeah so ever since then i would always get the uh get the mac sauce on the mcdouble man that's like a recipe you got to pass down to your kids <laughs> you got to let them eat the regular mcdouble first and then be like, hey, you you getting a little bit older, son. You getting some you getting some hair on your face, get some hair on your chest, get some hair on your nuts, you know what I mean? I introduce you to the, to, we got to have, have a name for it. The, I don't know. What it's like the rite of passage. Yeah. Like here, so. try these. You, you know, you know the, back in the day, people don't remember, the chicken nuggets back in the day tasted way better than the ones now. Really? Oh, fuck yeah. Because they made those with dark meat. Mm. And they were a lot more flavorful and juicy. These ones are a little drier because mm. they use white meat chicken on them. Yeah, but back in the day, they—I think I remember that. Oh yeah, I they remember were that. Dark squeeze it. It's still a little bit of juice in there. Oh, it was juicy. Now, mm. now, now that motherfucker, you pinch it, it just stays this yeah. form a whole little piece of meat. Yeah, but yeah, back then they had the Sasachewan sauce, mm-hmm. and it was like it, it, it was like a mix between teriyaki and barbecue or like Korean barbecue, like, mm-hmm. and it was a bomb ass nugget sauce. Yeah, and they took it off the. They don't. I, they don't have it right now. Actually, I don't think they do. But they brought it back temporarily, and people was buying buckets of that shit. Really? It was people literally buying like a whole little drum of uh, Szechuan sauce. Mm. If you go online and buy it. It's probably expensive. Mm. Watch. Watch this shit. Which is, this is hilarious, by the way, but you're going to see what I'm saying. It's all kind of gems here. <laughs> Watch this. McDonald's Sasachewan sauce. All right. Here it is. Uh, Sasachewan sauce. Check Eddie it did that because he can't spell Sasachewan. You goddamn right I can't. I can't spell it at all. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck it started with. That's why smartphones come in handy, man. <laughs> That's real. Yeah, but it, it was out in 98. Oh, dang. Now, if you go online, let's see. Sasha wants off from 19. Bro, listen to this. See, this is why you got to listen to a Trucker's Mind podcast because you, you will learn shit you never learned. McDonald's Sasha sauce 
from 1998 just sold for $14,000 on eBay. Dang. $14,000, bro. And all you had to do was hold on to it for- That's it. 20-year-old dipping sauce from McDonald's sold for nearly 15000 after a mention on a Rick and Morty show. A li- oh, dang. A, yeah, a listening for the Szechuan sauce, which was released as a promotional product for the Disney movie Mulan. You remember Mulan? Yes, sir. Yeah. Clo- was, yeah, yeah. It closed with a winning bid of 14700 I just bought a really old car while cleaning it. I found a packet of this, this sauce. The listening... What the fuck? Hold on. I just bought a really old car while cleaning it. I just found a packet of sauce. Dude, that sauce is old as fuck. Jesus Christ. How old is the car and how old is the sauce? (sighs) He he could buy a whole new car with that 14 racks. Oh, my God. After watching the recent episode of Rick and Morty, I went online to see if it was worth anything. Turns out it was. Also, this comes with a packet of wasabi as well. Somebody wow. would have threw that away. Crazy. The premiere of Rick and Morty third season featured main character Rick citing the sauce as his series arc. If it isn't nine seasons, the episode spurred fans to petition McDonald's to bring back the bring back to, to sauce, especially as a live action version of Mulan is set to be released. Wow. wow. I think they did bring it back, though, bro. Mm. McDonald's. What does it look like? It's it's like a mix between it it's like a mix between teriyaki sauce, barbecue sauce, or like some Japanese barbecue. Mm. That shit is God. Remember how it and it tasted? was for the nuggets. It was for the nuggets. That shit was oh, that shit was fire. Damn. It was fire, bro. How you spell that? Uh, it is spelled S Z. Oh dang! Yeah, yeah see, I that's why. I, yeah, I would have got. Oh, I see it right. Here. You see it? Ooh. See what I'm saying, dude? How much does Szechuan cost? Okay. Dang. How much does the Szechuan sauce cost? Indeed, uh, per online so- commerce site, um, minuscule 0.5 milliliter packets of Szechuan sauce are going anywhere from $60. Wow. wow. Let me see here. $60 to what? This is what you don't know. This is the dark side of McDonald's, you guys. We just gave you the light side of McDonald's with us switching up the McDouble. Now we got to give you the side that no one ever sees. Well, they are charging $15,000 for a pack of fucking Szechuan sauce. That is crazy. That mug is, with all them preservatives in there, it still probably tastes fire. Probably still tastes like barbecue from 1998. (laughs) Probably, you know, it tastes like nostalgia. (laughs) That's when McDonald's is not doing enough. They're not capitalizing on nostalgia. Oh, my God, dude. This is $60. Holy shit for one of them. Oh, my God. This is nuts. If you Mulan, Mulan already came out, so they ain't they ain't gonna re revamp this. No, not gonna. Yeah, no. Nah. No, they already came out. They they came back out with it, dude. They did. They re released this Szechuan sauce. See, because this article is 2017, so I'm, I'm pretty sure they released it, re released it. Szechuan sauce, um, re release. Oh, it looks like it. Somebody said it's a bland disappointment. Really? Yeah. So it's not. McDonald's said Thursday that it will ship 20 million packets of Szechuan sauce to all of its restaurants in the U.S. The fast food chain reintroduced the sauce in October, but its release was clouded by chaos at stores as fan protests over lack of supply. This was in 2018. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Somebody call it a bland disappointment? Yeah, they said it wasn't. It didn't taste good. So McDonald's is deceiving its customers then. They didn't release the same product. Probably not, because the first one was, people liked it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, hold on, though. Hold on. They could have re-released it, but 
when you get older, your taste buds change. Yeah. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. those chemicals don't taste as good when you get older. Yeah, I'd be feeling like that about certain products. Like some stuff that's just too sweet. I'm just like, nah, I don't. It don't even hit the same as when I was a kid. True. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Dang. Well, well, McDonald's man, you got your work cut out for you, man. Yeah. Um, you get no. Uh, you get no. Uh, I'm about to say. How about to say prayers for McDonald's? <laughs> you get no prayers from us, man. <laughs> make your burgers and make your business. <laughs> All right, switching gears. Texas abortion law. I'm not sure how many of you guys have been following what's going on uh, in Texas in regards to this abortion stuff, but it's pretty wild, man. It, it is, it is definitely, it's definitely a wild concept. But let's let's go. Let's get into it. All right. Uh, this week, five justice, justices of Supreme Court allowed the, a Texas law to go into effect that says private citizens can sue. For $10,000, anyone who performs AIDS or abets an abortion on a fetus that has a detectable heartbeat, their decision didn't overturn Roe. In fact, the legal question at stake wasn't about the fundamental right to an abortion at all. Still, abortion rights advocates are up in arms for a reason, mostly because how the court acted today could be a signal as as to how it will act in November when the real challenge to federal abortion rights will come before the Supreme Court. This week's Supreme Court case was all about whether or not a federal court had the ability to enjoin or block the Texas law from going into effect until the merits of the law could be settled in court. The broad use of injunctions is a relatively recent but increasingly common legal practice. So we are accustomed to seeing courts block even potentially unconstitutional laws during the period after the law is passed and before it goes into effect. For example, in 2015, a federal judge enjoined President Barack Obama's Secretary of Homeland Security from implementing its Deferred Action for Parents of Americans Parents of America's program in 2018, a different federal judge enjoined Trump's Secretary of Homeland Security from terminating the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. All right, it's a lot of fluff in here. Um, it's this is this is crazy because it doesn't it doesn't get into specifics. I read this one. I have another article too. Um, it's nuts, man. Like you think you have like five weeks, I believe it is to to get aid or to have an abortion. And by then you have to wait on a wait list. So if you, they only have like, I think I seen a a thing on YouTube. They only have like 11, uh, like Planned Parenthood or places that can perform these abortions. And there's a lot of women who are trying to get abortions and they got to go like 150 miles to get an abortion or go out of state lines to get it. Mm -hmm. This is what I will say, man. Um, what I'll say about this, the, 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 the topic of abortion is it, it's a tough one because I'm in a space where no one's telling me how to use my penis. Like no one says, Eddie, you cannot use your dick after midnight. Mm-hmm. Put your dick away or you will be arrested. And nobody's doing that. Right. Do you, do you think that if um, men being who we are as far as like, the, I guess, the dominant gender or mm-hmm. whatever, do you think that? There would be laws trying to uh, tell us what what and how we should use our bodies. Like if men, like if if all men were really little Nas X and we could get pregnant, do you think there would be rules saying like what you know what we should be able to do? I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think we could quantify that. But what I do know is is in reality, 
we live in a space where, or in a time or a reality where uh, this, this to me is inexcusable. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's okay. Cause there are a lot of women that don't realize they're pregnant to a certain amount of time. Yeah. That could be late on their period. And then they actually go get checked. But here's the thing. A woman could be late on her period and not be pregnant. Yeah. It happens. Mm-hmm. Right. So if she's late on her period and she finds out she's pregnant by then, it's probably too late for her to get an abortion. And people say, like, you got to understand something. Like, they'll say, like, well, you shouldn't be having sex if you don't. Exp-. And it's just like this very simplistic way of looking at it. Like, and I was telling Keith before, like, no one lives according to the Bible. We mm-hmm. just have this selective morality and we pluck what we think we should do in the Bible. We talk about, you know, you shouldn't have kids, you know, people holding up signs of bloody fetuses and shit. But it's like, lady, I guarantee you, you didn't wait till you got married to have sex. Premarital sex is against the Bible. But mm-hmm. look at your stupid ass on the corner holding a bloody baby. Yeah. You, you were getting fucked when you were in college and before you got married. You getting fucked in high school. You got the nerve to stand on the corner and hold up a fetus calling women, women baby killers. Mm-hmm. The same way we pick and choose what's a sin and what's not. Like we talk about how homo, homosexuality is a sin and this and that. The same person is saying homosexuality is a sin. It is in the Bible. But also being 400 fucking pounds is a sin. Mm-hmm. Gluttony is a sin. And look at you being 400 pounds judging someone that's gay. There's just a bunch of people that live in this hypocrisy, man. And it's crazy. And now it's like, I just don't like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a, there's, a, there's a healthy medium. I don't think it's okay. Like if a woman got like 30 abortions and some crazy shit like that, she, there should be some criminal investigation. Because mm-hmm. you just got bodies on you mm-hmm. that's ridiculous mm-hmm. but like if a woman is feel she's not fit to take care of a child she should have the option to say look i you know i'm not a monster for not wanting a child right now yeah i was i was i made a mistake i may have had maybe the condom busted or maybe we you know maybe you could even get pregnant while taking birth control you know that right Mm -hmm. so a woman could be responsible take her birth control and still get pregnant because sometimes the dick punch right past it bow the dick punch right past the birth control and then she gets pregnant (laughs) so if you got a hard punching dick you're gonna get her pregnant okay if you touching the cervix yeah if you if like that the, little hood that they have over the cervix. That bro, thing. bro, that birth control be ducking and dodging like Muhammad Ali. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the dick be like <clears throat> throwing jabs at that pussy. But, <laughs> but it's the truth. A woman could be responsible and still get pregnant. And if she wants the option to say, look, I'm not ready. The person that I'm fucking is not ready. Because sometimes women just are fucking. And that's normal. Men do it. Women do it. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't make you irresponsible if you don't want to have a child. I'm so sick. I'm sick and tired of this very simplistic idea of what women should do. And it's it's ridiculous, man. We don't we don't go through this as men. And by the way, it's a, the other flip of the table was talking about. You said, like, what if the man wants a child and she doesn't want it? Like he never had to say so. That's also true. It's very nuanced. It's, it's, it's very more nuanced. Than just like we should or shouldn't allow these people. Right. That, that's why people like us more lean into they should have uh, the right to choose what they should do. Right. Um, more so than saying like they should or shouldn't. You know, keep this the is child. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the, the the thing about what you said, as far as um, you know, women or you know, couples being being ready or not ready, um, 
the same people that will stand out on the corner with the the bloody fetus, baby and, killer, and and all that, and you know, quoting the Bible and all the, this kind of stuff, um, going against these women that you know are going to have abortions and stuff like that. The, those same people that are standing on the corners are not at foster homes. They're not at group there homes you go. adopting these kids or exactly. trying to give these kids, uh, you know, a decent home to grow exactly. up in. So it's like you're just it's lip service at the end of the yeah, day. Y'all just talking. So that, that's my thing. It's like the the worst thing you can do. And, and I grew up and I, I have a, a, a very decent life now um, and I love my parents. But um, at the same time, like I wasn't brought into this world under the greatest conditions and maybe right. you know maybe if i was brought into this world a little bit later when my parents got you know their stuff in order a little bit more so like i would have grew up differently but um and then sometimes it's just love you know you just want a family and all, mm-hmm. all these different things so that's a, that's an entirely different story but i just think sometimes we bring children into this world and we're just uh giving them the short end of the stick because we don't have our stuff in order yet right um and and i know for me like i'm on this this um, this journey and this path to where I know that I will be really successful. So, mm-hmm. um, of course, if I ha- if I had a child, like you know, if I got a, a girl pregnant when I was like twenty two or something, I would f- have That's figured out a way to, yeah. to take care of it. But at the same time, it's like impeding some. It's it's yes. almost like when um, you talked about it before. You like, yo, I'm I'm trying to save this certain amount of money. And then a bill come up, my, my tire get flat or my car break down or something like that. And it's just like, dang, I got to spend $400 to get it fixed. And I, you know, I was on this, this road to saving this amount of money by the right. end of the year. Um, that's kind of that, that same thing. And not to say that a child is like a flat tire, but you know what I mean? That's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just something that impedes cer- certain people, not everybody, because not everybody is goal oriented and it doesn't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if a child comes or not, but certain people that are goal oriented where it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to be an actor, but I need to go to acting class. I need to go right. to these auditions. I need to do this. Um, and it's going to take so much time That's and I fact. don't have room for, you know, a child. But That's a fact. in four years from now, five years from now, where I'm a regular on this TV show, then I could bring a child into the there world. There you go. Provide for them and, you know, the whole thing. You nine, need so. that momentum first. Yeah. And a lot of people say like they there's only that it's not people just say children are a blessing. Babies are a blessing. But I can also say they're not a blessing also. Here's why. And it sounds terrible to say this. They're not always a blessing because what happens is when you have a child, it's all about them. If you want to build a life where you can actually properly take care of a child the right way or the, the best way you can, you need to establish yourself first before you can do that. Mm-hmm. So a child could come into your life and technically, yes, they are a blessing to you, but they can be a hindrance because, oh, for sure. because you're not going to be able to be on that same path. Like you can't just go out and and create content the way you used to. I get if I had kids right now, who knows? Like I'd be like Keith, I can't make it to the podcast. Like all kinds of shit like yeah. that would happen. So economically too. Economically, so kids are only beneficial. Sorry to keep cutting. You're up. good. You're good. Economically, it's only beneficial for like poor people. Like yeah. When you get more food stamps, or you get <laughs> you know more taxes at the end of the year, but. Um, there's not really economic benefit to it, you know? No, not really. Mm-hmm. It's just, and here's the thing. The people that are standing out holding signs, they, what they don't really understand is as far as foster children, there are more. there is more empathy towards a homeless animal than a child. You are more likely to take in an animal than a child. Sure. But these are the same people holding signs. Look at the fetus, baby killer. You're not going to take them babies in. Mm-hmm. Not to mention... 
the biggest threat to society is a child who is not loved properly. That is the biggest threat to America is children who are not loved properly. You know that the prison system and systems like that. It's a pipeline. It's a pipeline. Most mm-hmm. of them are fatherless, motherless, you know, adopted. They come through adoption, through the pipeline, through adoption. And you're the same one saying like, you know, I don't believe in pro-choice because women, if you're pregnant, you should have the child. Stop it. Stop it. It's a stupid fucking argument. Mm-hmm. It is completely stupid. Because the, here's the problem. If that child, here's the thing, and this is, this is the reality that no one wants to hear. If that woman is not ready for a child and she's not economically ready and things of that nature, and she's using protection, she's trying to be, uh, uh, she's trying to be responsible by taking her birth control. Because you can still get pregnant with birth control, folks. I don't know how many know that, mm-hmm. but you can. Even condoms are, you know, not 100% effective. Yeah, condoms work. But you got to make sure you get the right one Um, because some of them be trash. (laughs) But if that woman is not ready for a child and is not fit to have a child, and if she does not abort that child, that child will grow up, break in your house and kill your husband. Think about that before you keep saying people need to keep having kids, because it's a reality that's very real. The same people that end up in, in, in institutions is the same ones that possibly could have been aborted. Mm-hmm. Which, but it's, this is why it's such a nuanced conversation. Yeah. Like a child who is not properly loved will grow up and be a monster. I don't mm-hmm. think people understand this. Mm-hmm. I grew up with these people. Yeah. I grew up with a bunch of kids that didn't have mothers, fathers, adoption. They bounced from house to house and ended up seeing them on the news for murder. Mm-hmm. I went to school with three dudes that's in prison right now for murder. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking tell me. I went to school with these people. Okay, <laughs> I knew what their backgrounds looked like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's crazy how people will literally die on die. They will put themselves up on the cross for this idea mm-hmm. without knowing shit. Yeah, and they want to be righteous, like you know. And, and and first of all, conservatives and liberals are full of shit. But this is more of a right leaning talking point where they're like, "We are the party of Christian values." Oh, really? You really, you really are. Think about this. This the way that we are in society. No one subscribes to the Bible. No one. Mm-hmm. No one subscribes to the Bible. Yeah. We just talked about McDonald's. It was stolen. Doesn't it say thou shalt not steal? <laughs> All the major corporations in America were stolen. America was stolen. Yeah. McDonald's was stolen. All mm-hmm. these places were stolen. Mm-hmm. This is a fact. I'm not making it up. America was founded and started on the backs of slaves. Don't you fucking tell me about Oh, I'm, you know, I'm pro-life. No, you stupid. Mm-hmm. You stupid, bro. Because you got to understand, I can, I can actually take points from the pro-life people and they would be valid. Yeah. I could take points from the pro-choice people and they would be valid. But just to lean on one side. Yeah. There's, it's such a nuanced conversation of what women go through that I can't quantify if you're a woman that's in college and you want to go to law school and you end up getting pregnant by a dude you was just having sex with, it was just fun, and you took your birth control, why do you have to have that child? Technically, it would be the right thing to do, but, like, it ain't always... The, bro, here's the worst thing I've seen, because I'm going on a tangent. There was a woman who was on TikTok, and um, she talked about a child that she had, Right? And the child was born with some disability. Um, 
And the child basically was deaf, blind, and had like worse than cerebral palsy and couldn't speak or anything. And what ended up happening is, is certain events started happening in her life where um, I think her husband had passed or something like that. And she was taking care of this child that didn't have any type of uh, like cognitive abilities. And it was a very harsh thing she was saying that were that wasn't her saying it. It was like robotic. You know how they do the robotic thing? Mm-hmm. I guess she had typed it or whatever. And she kept her uh, her, you know, her she kept it anonymous. But she said, like, this child is ruining my life. You oh, know? my God. She said that this child is um, um, he's like, I'm about to give this child up because I can't have a relationship with my kids. My kids have to take care of this child, this, that, and the third. And it was a really, like, gruesome conversation. Yeah. And it, and it was terrible. But as I was listening to it, I was thinking about, like, like she mentioned in there, like, I want to give this child to somebody to give it the proper care because it's weighing on me and my, my mental health. And I, 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 I don't have the, like, I just lost my husband. This is too much. And my kid's frustrated and can't do anything. We have to realize that people go through real shit. Oh, facts. Yeah. And, and it's, it's painful to hear that. Like, well, she's an irresponsible mother. How would she do that? Let me be clear. Before you make that statement, right? Because there's validity in that statement. But before you make it, do you have a child that has no cognitive abilities? You don't, do you? you do you have a situation where you just lost your husband and that's one less person to take care of that person? Take care of your kid. You don't have that situation. Then it's, you can't quantify it. It's the the thing that people that that they don't think about, and you know, I I have um, been around, uh, you know, people I guess mental disabilities, or Mm -hmm. even you know, in in older ages, people that can't necessarily take care of themselves. Right. Um, It's hard. You don't you don't have a life. It's uh, it's very stressful. So like for for my grandma, she's she's um, going through like early stages of dementia. Right. And now her kids are having to take care of her, make sure she's going to the doctor regularly, mm-hmm. making sure um, she's taking her, her medicines, making sure she's getting up and being active and using her, her brain and stuff like that. But it's you, you can't you can't have a life. You can't go on dates. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, go away for four or five days just to go to the beach or whatever. It's like that. That is your entire life. So yeah. it. In that situation, it's honestly, it's, it's something to think about yeah. because yeah. it's, it's, you know, that, that's a lifelong thing. I have a, um, my, one of my mom's friends, her, her son is, uh, has mental, a mental disability mm-hmm. and she, she, he's always going to be there. Like he 100%. always has, has to be there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know how, how that works as far as like, like who's going to babysit him, you know what I mean? Or who's going to, uh, you know, you can't just get away. You can't really right. have no relationship with just anybody because the guy yes. has to be okay. He has with to be okay with exactly. So it's it, it definitely makes life hard. And you know, I, I don't have the answer. You know, mm-hmm. and I, ideally, you would want your kid to be healthy and the whole nine. But it's just like that's tough. And and it it like you said, not everybody is built for that. There there's so even at school. I mean, I'm sure you you had experience it at school too. There are some teachers that taught kids that you know can 
had cognitive abilities. Mm-hmm. And then there are some teachers that dealt, dealt with the special education kids and they loved those kids and they mm-hmm. were, you know, they were there and they were excited. They had the special Olympics and, and the whole nine, but they just loved it. But mm-hmm. some people didn't. Uh, and I uh, assume that some people didn't necessarily have the, the heart for yeah. that type of, you know, education to deal with, but, you know, kids that didn't necessarily have the same ability to learn. But here's the thing. The teachers that loved those kids with special needs and they did all those things for them and they, you know, they, they enjoy being around them. They, still, they get to clock out. Yeah. They get to clock out. But see, uh, Andrew Schultz, um, the comedian, he made, a, he made a joke on stage and he, he mentioned the word retarded or whatever and people started laughing and a woman got mad and she stormed out because she had a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. And then he later said, look, I can see why she's mad. She shouldn't be, like it's a comedy show. She t- shouldn't take it literally, but I see why she's mad because she has a child she has to take care of for the rest of her life. Like, this is not some part-time investment. You don't get to sign papers and stuff and send your kids off to college, mm-hmm. right? So I don't want to go all over the place with this, this, this conversation about abortion. But at the same time, uh, 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 a comparable situation would be, like, before the child is born, if you are able to um, really think about the pros and cons before you have that child and, and you have it in such... You know, it's been about five weeks and now you kind of like, yo, I'm not ready. I think it's better for you to make a decision that's best for you. I'm not saying get an abortion. I'm not saying to keep the child. I'm saying make a decision that's best for you. I will say I think that raising a child that is planned is oftentimes just Bet better for everybody involved yeah, where you true. both know like hey we're making a conscious effort to to bring a child into this world and even that does not always make nah, for nah, being always. great parents and stuff like that mm-hmm. but just you know this not being surprised and and i you know i i see it now i know some people that are uh younger than me that are you know starting to get pregnant and friends family etc and uh i'm like dang they first of all they're young I just don't know like how this is going to going to play out. They still got some growing up to do. They still got some learning to do. Um, but, you know, I hope the best for them. But I, I just think and, and they're like surprise, surprise babies. That's why I said that. But yeah, man, it's tough, man. And, I you know, I see it. I have nieces, I have nephews and, and stuff like that that are that are growing up. And, you know, my brothers are. Yeah, my brothers had their kids when they were, were pretty young. And you just see, like, fast forward to when they're 35, 36 years old. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'm dealing with this with my baby mom. Or I'm trying yeah. to fight for custody. Or these it's just so many different things. So it's just so much to think about. That's why I think it's important to just leave that decision into the, um, the people's hands that are having a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a collaborative, because mm-hmm. the thing about it too is, like, younger people honestly shouldn't really be having kids like that. Yeah, they they don't. A lot of people are still figuring themselves out, and mm-hmm. when you bring a child into that, into that, and here's the thing too, there are more households with this type of dynamic: the father who wanted to be something, or the mother that wanted to be something, and then a child was brought in, and then now it's all about providing for the child, and now each person does not have any type of uh almost they don't have really any sense of direction they turn into robots it's hard to be a good parent when you're not even happy with your own life and there's a lot of people that are not happy with their own lives and they're having kids so kids are being brought up in not the most loving situations and not to mention if your dad's working 17 hours on a drilling rig when he comes home he's tired 
you basically don't have a dad because he's doing all this providing for you. Yeah. Maybe if he was able to, you know, to chase what he wanted to and get established in that first and then have a child. Like, yeah. I don't think people like the people that are pro-life or they don't really have enough conversations around why women get abortions. They just make it like women are murderers. They're just killing people. We yeah. just kill these women are just killing babies. And it's like, mm-hmm. stop that shit. And, he, and even that, like, you know, as far as your, your partner goes and maybe maybe it, it accidentally happened and, mm-hmm. you know, you're 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 trying to accomplish something. You're trying to, you know, get a get a new job. Maybe you're in school or something like that. Even if uh, even if you decide or, you know, even if that baby does come into come into this world, which um, does one of those parents have the ability to hold it down while um, dad or mom is, you know, working slash going to school full time and all these different things and, and vice versa? Because like, I know my cousin, he um, he uh, he had to when he had kids already go to school and, you know, he was trying to be an electrician, not electrician, but a foreman to work on the the power lines and stuff like that. Um, or a lineman, sorry. And, um, at the time he, I think he had like one kid, but he was gone in different cities. He was gone in different States. Um, it was times where he could only come home, like on the weekends, it was time where he could only come home for like um, like one weekend a month and all these different things. And not to say that he should have aborted his kids or anything. I'm just saying like in those instances, when you're not where you want to be, you have to have like when you, when you make that decision, part of that decision is, do I trust this person to be able to right. hold, the, hold the house down or be able to raise my kids yeah. when, when I'm not there? Um, at least, like, physically not yeah. there. Yeah, I don't think people are that forward-thinking, too, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. This is something that's just troubling. I looked it up now to make sure, and this is a real... This is the biggest problem with this shit going in Texas. Anti-abortion laws used to exempt cases of rape and incest. Not anymore in Texas. It says, Texas sweeping new abortion ban is novel in its enforcement, allowing virtually anyone to sue a doctor or other person who helps provide an abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. But the law is also part of a more recent shift within the anti-abortion movement in which restrictions on the procedure don't exempt pregnancies that result from abuse. No exception for rape or incest, Republican Celia Israel and Austin Democrat tweeted Wednesday when the ban took effect. What was the unthinkable is, is now law. Um, such exemptions used to be common in abortion legislation, according to John, whatever, the legislation director of Texas Right to Life and the architect of the Texas Law Senate Bill 8. But the anti-abortion movement has gradually shifted away from them over the past decade. He said partly for practical purposes, it's ideology, not defensible, Sego said. And it actually hurts. It actually hurts us in court. What the fuck? Like, here, hold on. When crafting a restrictive abortion law, proponents often say they're fighting for the health of a fetus. Seago said ex- ex- exceptions for rape and incest don't directly support that. Legally speaking, they also don't align with the belief that an anti-abortion movement, that a fetus is worth protecting regardless of how it was conceived. What? This is ridiculous. So you mean to tell me a woman that was abused is just like, hey, you need to wait on the wait list. That's crazy. That's fucking nuts. This, that's nuts. And I, I think is like, it's not so much as, as men we need to stand up. As decent human beings, we need to stand up and say, this is wrong. 
This is wrong. This is not okay. You cannot tell a woman that was abused by somebody that there are no exceptions. Why should she want a baby that was forced in her? That's crazy. That's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. That is, be- that is beyond ridiculous. Like, this is caveman shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is a this is a real problem, mm-hmm. and I don't I think that, that like no one's gonna stand for this shit, man. Texas is weird, very weird state. Like there are pros and cons to Texas, but they are behind. I think there was one of the first states to take out like critical race theory too. I could be wrong. I don't like to talk without having watch watch this. I'm gonna use my my, my phone again. Uh, Eddie can't spell critical, so he's Texas critical race theory. And it picked up what you said, you asshole. <laughs> this what it's this what it this what it typed out. Eddie can't spell critical race, critical study, and then says Texas critical race theory. So you talking in the mic got into the phone. God damn it, Keith. Fuck. <laughs> All right. What does this say? Texas Governor Abbott signs critical race theory bill. What does critical race theory law mean in classrooms? This is one month ago. This is recent. Targeting how race, slavery, and history are taught in schools two days ago. That's the problem, though. No one was ever forthcoming about, like, race in America. Like, the thing about it is, when you tell these stories, it's not to chastise white people. It's to tell the truth. Yeah. It's to actually talk about the the historical context of how America came to be. When you talk about, literally... Slave owners had the hair of slaves that they stuffed into the, the chairs they sat in. Why, why would... Like, this is real. Also, why would we have th- sympathy for an abuser? That's like looking at R. Kelly and being like, man, just the way he was grew up. I mean, <laughs> the way he grew up and, you know, he was raped as a kid and all this kind of stuff. It's like, it's okay to have sympathy towards him, but this man is still should be in, in prison. So I don't understand why a bunch of these white people can get off of get off with this idea like you know uh you know this makes us look bad or we're not that bad it's like this is these are real facts these are real facts Mm -hmm. and then what it says here abbott has had already signed a uh, into law critical race theory bill during the regular session but declared at the time that more needs to be done to abolish critical race theory in texas classrooms it was never there it's never been in any classroom no one knows about the race massacre Mm-hmm. No one knows about the first terrorist attack in American history was done to black people. Yeah. Bombed. They were literally bombed. No one knows about this. Yeah. The thing about it is, is nothing is all good or bad. But what people need to understand is you need to get out of your echo chambers. Mm-hmm. This is why I don't really have a political affiliation because liberals and conservatives are full of shit. But in Texas, it's, it's a red state. Mm-hmm. And what it is is a lot of the, 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 the ideology that they have there. Is, it's off. Mm-hmm. It's also progressive, but it's also bullshit. Yeah. This, I don't agree with this, man. Mm-hmm. I, don't agree, I have the right to not agree with that. Mm-hmm. Right? And the whole, and my thing too is like, what, like, when it comes to critical race theory, like, what are you, what are we even talking about? Yeah, I mean, what, also, like, what are we going to teach if it's, that's what I'm saying. If it's, if you're in history class and you're not learning about how America was created or we're not learning about how America came to be the economic 
power that it was or the military yeah. power that it was. Like, what history are you going to say? Wait, wait, well, I don't know. Like, the same bullshit, watered-down Christopher Columbus history that we got in school? But even in that story, it's there's still some murders and all these different things. Yeah. Like, so what, what you know, how... You're just going to tell it from, it's like a cheating husband. Like, hey, I was, <laughs> I was at the bar, but I was with my boys. I didn't get my dick sucked. Not this time. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Look, man, I, I'll say this. I, man, this, this is just nuts. I, I don't want to beat this over the head, but I, I just think that we've got to do better in how we communicate because- to the, the situation regarding women, like, it's just, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. And they've written in the law because they, I don't, I mean, what's the positive? It's just, it's, I think it's a control thing. And it's, you know, kind of leaning into, it's a, it's leaning into ideologies. So if you're, if you're some type of politician in, in Texas and you understand that you're, you know, you're a, a, a Republican state. I think you want to, you want people to continually vote for you. Right. And you're like, yo, I did this. I, I, you know, I changed the abortion laws. And conservatives pander to their base the same way liberals do. Mm-hmm. When people, when like, if you get a politician that says something like, "We believe in gender fluidity and uh, gender's not real," like they don't believe that they shit. Don't. It the be- the best example of this is. Um, George Bush is not a politician anymore. Right. But when all those like commercials and stuff were coming out, it was like uh, Clinton, Obama, and George Bush. They were all like, "Hey guys, you, you should go out there and get the vaccine. Yeah, save they did. somebody's lives." They did. It's like if George Bush was president, he would not be out here, you know, preaching like, "Hey, everybody should get the get the vaccine." His stance would probably be more closer to what Donald Trump's stance was. Yeah. But because he's not a politician anymore, he's just chilling these days. Hmm. You know, it's the same way Biden, when Biden was asked about Antifa, how he kind of just like shoot it away. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not a group. It's an idea. It's like, Biden, if you don't stop it with your line, you know they're going to they, go out there and vote for him. Yeah. These these like Antifa. Same thing with Trump. Trump did with the, uh, with the, with the proud. Proud with boys the proud are right leaners. Mm-hmm. Proud boys are right leaners. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Huh? What do you want me to call him Biden? What's their name? You want, What's me, to call, you want me to call Stormy Daniels? What do you mean? <laughs> It's, it, by the pushy? What do you it's just a game. It's a big game. And, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, women are being used as, you know, uh, the topic of discussion, mm-hmm. you know, being called baby killers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not like I said, I don't want to keep reiterating the same points. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling women to get abortions or not get them. You got to do what's best for you. And that's true to everyone. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, sometimes you come across tough decisions mm-hmm. and this is one of them. But mm-hmm. I got that. Where we at, man? Uh, 202. Yeah, man, let's wrap this thing up, man. Um, look, man, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. We thank all of you guys for the driving these numbers up, man. You guys really been, really been hitting the streets on this podcast, man. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Be sure to check out the YouTube. Well, you're fucking watching it now. God damn it. But somebody well, some, might be listening. Uh, somebody might just be the audio portion. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to the audio portion, don't forget to come on down and subscribe to the YouTube. Come see us, man. Come see us. We're handsome. Come see us. <laughs> We're handsome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're out of here. Peace.